What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to episode 14 of season two of Hit the Books. We're here with the usual crew, ready to di- oh god, ready to digest week 13 of the NFL, Thanksgiving week here. So first off, happy Thanksgiving to all, and get ready for the three games on Thanksgiving Thursday this week. We got some stats lined up from last week and trends like usual in the NFL this week, and the boys are here and ready to give you all, f- Jesus Christ. Ready to give you their takes on all things NFL, and we've got a little dose of NHL, NBA, and more, but not without first introducing my co-host. Everybody at home for the holidays, Ace, let's start with you. You're going 6-5 and five last week in the NFL. What else you got for me, buddy? Yeah, 6-5 and five last week, so I uh, didn't take any plays on a weird Monday night football game, especially with Kyler out. So I uh, wanted to end the week on a positive note. Kind of in the same situation as I was the week before. I started off with Thursday night in the early slate, really boosting my stats, and I tried to double down and use all my winnings to make a big jump. But instead, I fell flat on my face. Still stayed above zero units uh, at plus, so we'd love to see it. Six and five, that's good. I mean, my second half of the year stays strong. But definitely would like to see uh, my one of these double downs really hit with some of these bigger plays. That'd be nice to see a fat weekend of a plus six to ten units. I'd definitely love to see that. But other than that, love to see my Patriots getting a big win, reclaiming their spot in the AFC, and I'm ready to watch some uh, AFC East football and talk about it with the boys. Good stuff, dude. Mackie, you're up back home in New York. Nice to get some time off, I assume. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, um, not not a bad week. Obviously, it's not. It's never a bad thing when you stay positive. I think I was positive like 0. .4 units, so it's, it's just a nickel and diamond at this point, but you know, just uh, winning one, losing one right now. So trying to get back on track. Nice, nice. Huff, busy season for you. What's happening this week in the world of Huff? Uh, not much with me. Um, tough week in the NFL. Obviously, I kind of reached on my under again. I feel like I kind of just have to take that most of these primetime games when they're, especially when I see a fucking Colt McCoy under center. Mackie, you take his under. At halftime, I think that's literally going to get obliterated. I thought that was going way over. What, what was he at? 170, 175 at halftime? I was yeah, like, this dude's thrown for at least 300. Swinging, dude. He had like 100 passing yards in the first quarter. I was like, what? what is going on? And like, I texted you. I texted you guys. I don't even know if anyone answered me. Probably not because I'm just complaining about my own bet that no one else took. But anytime there's an interception or a fumble in the first half, I don't think I've ever hit that first half under. I saw you say that. It's just avoiding the mistakes. If teams turnovers, can just stay on track, so yeah, to, and, the, and every time it's a turnover, they're always, like, on the other team's 40 or the other team's 30, like, and it's points immediately, like, so but sure the win some, you lose some, not too bad of a week, I think it was 3-3, three and three, so I didn't take too many plays, I was at the Steeler game, didn't take anything on that game on the card, uh, I fucking lost big off the card, I took the under and the Steelers plus the points, so fuck me, 0-2 oh on that, um, that's why I took it off the card, didn't really like it, so... Um, did good on the card. I had, uh, what did I have Sunday? Giants blew or Lions blew out the Giants. Uh, set, and then four o'clock late, I had the first half under, so I was able to hit that. But 2 and 0 little afternoon, but Packers and basically that first half under on Sunday or on Monday night just burnt me. Yeah, tough week, honestly, for all of us. Ace is the only real positive one. I think, Mac, you're a little bit positive, he is. right? Yeah, oh, yeah, Mackie. Mackie. I'll clean positive. Yeah, Mackie. Yeah, and Huff just barely not positive, but tough week across the board, but week oh, geez. week 12 is here, and we're ready for it. 
But first, let's jump into a little NHL. Who we've been eyeing up lately, guys? Some hot teams lately. You know, the Devils, Bruins, Avs, Golden Knights, just name a few. We're hot on the card. What do you got? Ace, you want to get us rolling? Yeah, definitely want to get rolling on some NHL just because I want to remind you guys that the Boston Bruins are the best team in the NHL. Wait, who? I said it before the season. The Boston Bruins, <laughs> they win every night. I've never heard we of We should that. be putting on know. the card every night. I don't know. Do you but like you guys team? disagree with me. I take them puck line and a in money line. We know. We hit. know. No, well, recently, and we don't add it. Well and we don't add it. Listen, listen, listen. Up until last night, I've been taking them minus one and a half. And, but last night, dude, they had 80, 82% of money. On the road against Tampa, everything was leaning against it. Obviously, they came out on top because they're just buzzing right now. But last night wasn't really the night to take. I've I, we've been taking them. I feel like I feel good taking them like three or four times. A good amount, yeah, probably games. the most consistent out of any team, but not enough. I'd say I I've said this all year, but you ride the streak while you can before you miss it, right? No, they, yeah, they're seventeen and two, and the minus one and a half's been hammering. No, you're definitely right about that. But I just I wasn't comfortable last night in that play. But uh, you're right. I like them right. as underdogs. What'd you say? You don't see it. You don't see them. You don't see the best team in the NHL, regardless of if it's my team or not, as an underdog on many nights. I know it's the Lightning in Tampa Bay, so it's a tough game. But you see a team that's sixteen and two as an underdog, it looks a little sketchy, don't you think? Yeah, but I, I'd ride with it. I think there's just too much credit given the Lightning, deservedly so, with that lineup and their success over the years. But uh, besides the Bruins, a lot of other teams we've had success on. I think. Another consistent team you see on our card is the Vegas Golden Knights uh, eking out a win last night for us, but we'll take it. and We go 1-0 on the card. Uh, but you, you guys have anything else about the Knights last night? I I actually didn't watch that game. I had the bet. Um, I, Vegas, is, they've been fucking rolling. Jack Eichel, he looks like obviously he actually wants to play hockey. It's good to see him in a situation where he wants to be there. Uh, Ace, your former head coach, Bruce Cassidy, has the boys rolling in Vegas. Um, and back to the Bruins, I think Jim Montgomery is the fucking reason the Bruins are beating it a 16, 17 and two. Are they 17 and two or 16 and two? It's ridiculous. 17 and two. And I agree. Montgomery, that switch, that coaching change, like Cassidy. And we, do- I dogged you. Right. I kind of dogged you for that. I said, Cassidy's one of the best coaches in the NHL. He goes to a team with Vegas. That's also ready to win a cup. Bruins, obviously same situation as my penguins and like a last dance kind of thing. And, they get a rookie coach. I was like, what are the Bruins bringing in a new head coach for someone that hasn't been a head coach in the NHL before this year? And this team's on a one-year window, two-year window. Obviously, the contracts are all with at the end of the season. But I don't know. Montgomery has been the biggest surprise to me for the Bruins. Yeah, um, but, obviously. Uh, what's his face? Bruce Cassidy is doing, he's, he's doing well in Vegas, too. So it's, I've, I think it's like just a win-win situation for both teams. I think uh, they need exactly. To That's kind of what I was getting at. It's crazy to me that I was all like, I can't believe the Bruins let him walk. And I mean, they knew something better than I did because obviously they knew they had this guy waiting in the waiting in the door, ready to take his role and best NHL start to, or best start to an NHL season ever. I mean, so kudos to that. Yeah, but. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Huff. It's really just the the change of environment and the fit for a coach. Because yes, Cassidy is a great coach. I think I've said this on the pod before, but he fits better in that locker room in Vegas that needs to be like held in, held accountable, old school, kick your ass, like hard nosed hockey. Whereas the Bruins actually have a lot of skill, and they needed to get away from the gritty coaching style of the Julians and the Cassidys. You bring in like a power play specialist that just creates offense all game. I think the emergence of Hampus Lindholm. We grabbed him in the trade deadline last year. He's a a plus like has the best plus minus of any Bruin ever and he has never been minus in his whole career as a Bruin which is like over like about a year now yeah and then 
with him and McAvoy back and so much talent around them, I mean, it's just Krejci coming back. It's just a deep team. It's really the depth of this team that makes them what they are. Another yeah, another team that's obviously surprising is the fucking Devils. How about them? Yeah, I agree with that. Thirteen game heater right now. Jack Hughes playing like an all star. You know, you got Jesper Bratt playing like an all star. This whole team is just Vanacek's nine and one in net. I mean, this team is just rolling right now. Um, other than like obviously the Bruins are a good team. We saw this coming. We saw them being at least a a good like being at the top of the standings or at least around it. I don't Contender. think anybody. Yeah, contenders exactly. I don't think anybody saw the Devils sitting sitting at 16 wins, 19 games into the season. I mean, I saw on on ESPN yesterday. I was watching. They said they Devils didn't reach 16 wins last year until February. We're sitting in the middle of uh, November right now. So obviously this team's buzzing. They got a lot going for them, and I really don't think they're a fluke. I think this team will be a top of the standings for the whole regular season at least. It might be might run into some trouble in the playoffs. Obviously, just because it's a young, inexperienced team with not a lot of. had a lot of enforcers on that team. So you get banged up in the playoffs. Obviously, it's a different animal. But I think this team will definitely be atop atop the NHL the for the eighty two game regular season at least. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's almost like we're saying it's about time though. They've had all those first round picks, so much talent up front. Um, I'm still not sold on that goaltending duo. I know they're young and they're playing well, but I was not a fan of Vanacek when he was playing in Washington last year. I thought he was very leaky in his net, but. He's a young goalie, and the uh, team's playing hot, and maybe that change of scene really really sparked it for him. Those Russian goaltenders usually have some hot years in them. Um, we've seen, like, Bobrovsky and whatnot have those in the past. Uh, what about out west? Besides the Knights, uh, the Oilers are really doing their thing. Connor McDavid showing he's the best athlete on the planet, night well, in and night out. Yeah, Oilers are winning um, more games than I expected them to earlier in the season. It's just obviously, you know, the star power on that team, but you know how, how they've been able to struggle since. I mean... Paul Bissonnette said it best, and I honestly kind of agree with him. He said, you take McDavid and Drysaddle off that team, and the Yotes beat him in a seven-game series. And I don't think you can convince me otherwise, because you see, uh, you look at that stat sheet every single night, and McDavid and, and uh, Drysaddle are all over it every single night. So, uh, I don't know. That team just doesn't really produce much offense besides them two. And, I don't know. They're, they're, they're winning games right now. They look like a good team, but uh, obviously, Jack Campbell's... Uh, struggling in net right now so they got Skinner starting right now so they got something uh they got some problems in in net right now so I expect them to still be in the in the hunt when we get down the stretch just because of McDavid but besides that some other teams we've really liked on the card the Dallas Stars we've been looking at a lot the Winnipeg Jets centered by uh Helly Buck but one thing I really want to caution our listeners to remember is in the NHL it's an 82 game season it's a marathon not a sprint so you really have to pay attention to that scheduling of back-to-back nights Home uh, ace advantages home is huge in the National Hockey League. And then the goaltending matchups, as we allude to all the time, probably the most important position in the game. So if you want to make money on hockey, there's money to be made, but you really have to be doing your research, I would say. The Bruins are 11-0 at home this season. Jeez. All right, Linus Olmark, Vezda. Come on. He's reminiscent, reminiscent of Tim Thomas. He really is demeanor and his play shows me it, but obviously it's really early in the season, so I, we'll see you, how that you, plays out. You think he, has a, he plays a big role back, in, this, in this win streak or the start to the season, I would say? Or you think it's more of your offense and defense is playing in front of him? Because like, like you said, in in, uh, in Jersey, you don't really think Vanacek's that good, so obviously you think it's more of the offense and defense carrying that 13-game win streak. So uh, how do you feel about the Bruins? Uh, that's, that's a good question. The thing is, I think they have great players at all phases of the game. Um, Olmark was brought in here on that, on that big deal to be the guy. And he's really proving up to it after a light year. Another 
guy that really did that too was Nick Foligno up this game from last year. I think he's truly healthy. But it's it's game in and game out. They win weight games in different ways. They trail and come back. They lead all game. They put five pucks in the net any night. I know any goalie can, in the NHL can win that game. But Olmark has a few shutouts to his resume as well. And he's been doing it without his two and Jeremy swimming there. So he's gotten a bulk of the work back-to-back nights and whatnot. And just the way he's playing, he's playing lights out and he's playing confident hockey. He's all over the puck, smothering at the top of the crease. So it's really all aspects of the game. I think the coaching change of the culture and everybody buying into Bergeron and Krejci signing for that last deal. Like they're bought in. This is a good team. They've they found that chemistry early that a lot of people takes them about 60 to 80 games to find. Yeah, the team's definitely um, overperforming, I would say. Um, other than that, Rangers don't look too good. Another, you're, you're, what are you saying? Yeah, I was, I was going to say that. that uh, you guys are down on the Rangers right now. I'm still high on that team. I think they're the second best team in the Metropolitan Division, so I expect betting on them should start. I agree. More profitable. I definitely agree. We we're definitely at the end of the day the they're, second best team in the in the metropolitan division. I think, but dude, like they have they they're what they're nine six and four. They literally have more losses and wins this year. I know four are in OT, so it doesn't look that way. But they're just not getting the job done. Dude. They're not putting the puck in the net. Their power play is literally carrying that team, and it, it that that was kind of the case last year too. But it their offense is doing a little more. I mean they they beat San Jose the other night two one two power play goals. Like, come on, you should be able to put a few more pucks in on James Reimer and San Jose Sharks. I don't know. I, I I'm with you. I still I I've I was high on this Rangers team going into this year. I still think they'll I still think they'll be there. Obviously, going to be one of the top teams in the Metro with you. I think Mackey, same thing. Top yeah, two I'm, teams. I'm not like worried about it, but like it's just no. You'll you'll still be there. And this team, like I said, going into this year, this is one of the teams that's built for the playoffs. So they just got to get there, and it's the NHL playoffs. And once you get there, it's any team's game. We've seen it with uh, Tampa multiple times. Do you want to talk about your uh, Penguins slacking a little, or actually they've been a little, they've been up back on track a little. They're picking it up since their seven game losing they're, streak. They're hanging around. They're hanging around. <laughs> that's, all, that's all this team has to do. What did I just say? You just got to get in the big dance. We'll see you in April. That's all I gotta say. There's no. I mean. If, it, no, it, it, I'm not going to be like that. They're not that. They're yeah, not I don't that know. Good that I, don't I can know just sit around and wait until then. Who do you who do you believe in more, the Pittsburgh Penguins led by Sidney Crosby, or the New Jersey Devils off to the hard start? Okay, I, that's. I, I was, I was a, saying this to Mackie earlier. Like, is it? I think we said the same thing. Like, are these teams peaking at the wrong time? Like, obviously the Bruins, it's more proven. Like they have a more proven resume that they obviously have the the players on the roster that have been far in the playoffs. They've done the players that have won Stanley Cups. This Devils team is so young. I think this happens with a lot of young teams, and they start hot out the gate, and then this team's going to hit a wall come, like, Christmas time, and it's going to go hard. And I think the Devils still may not even make the playoffs. I I don't think that – I think they'll make the playoffs, definitely. I think this team's definitely legit. But what I would say is that, say, uh, Devils go in as, like, a two-seed in the Met, and they have to play – or the one-seed in the Met, I guess it would have to be, and they have to run into to Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. I'd I'd take the Penguins in that series definitely in a, in, a, in a playoff scenario. I mean, yeah, just the tenure. I mean, I, they've that, been, done that. It's the experience. It's uh the the physicality of the playoffs. It's the it's, home ice advantage of the Prudential Center versus PPG. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that right. Too. It's just uh that 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 just wouldn't be an ideal matchup for Jack Hughes and that team. I know it wouldn't. So, like you said, you you uh 
that Penguins team gets to the playoffs, you got a lot of experience and gritty players in that team. So, you know, I'd be definitely something to worry about. We saw with the Rangers last year, that inexperienced Rangers team, you brought us basically to, uh, well, definitely to the brinks of elimination and finally got it together. Uh, game five or yeah, game five. So that team could be scary in the playoffs. Definitely. Other than other than our squads and the ones we've mentioned, I know you've got the Panthers, the Lightning, and the Hurricanes all hanging around. But we'll see as the season continues on man. how how they continue to do. But they, they'll be there. We know those teams are good. Yeah, but they're just uh, off to a rough start, you know. One thing about the Panthers, real quick. Did you guys see the thing with fucking um, Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, and who was it? Barkov in Florida, and they were like passing the puck around in warmups. And obviously Huberto plays for the Flames and Uyghur plays for the Flames. They were, like, making a big deal about it. They were like, one last time, like, making a huge deal about it. It's that's, like, dude, just warm up for the game. This isn't that big of a deal. They never won shit together. That's so corny. They were, we were acting like it was, so like. so good at being nobodies in the middle of South Florida that got a lot of points and then fizzled Exactly. Out, so they like, just got a lot of points and then got wiped in the play. Yeah, you win a President's Trophy and it's fucking a brand new reunion. Tons of good stuff out of the NHL, boys. We went 4-0 last Thursday, 1-0 last night. We're continuing to pump out plays wherever we see fit every few days. Good stuff there. Let's do the similar. Let's do a similar thing in the NBA. What else are we eyeing up there? Hot teams lately, the Pelicans, Cavs, Suns, Celtics, Bucks. Who else you thinking? Mackie, you want to get us going on that? Yeah, uh, NBA's always a little like streaky like that. Obviously, um, Got your powerhouses, the Bucks, Celtics run on a nine-game winning streak. I think that just ended last night. Um, some surprising teams. So you got like the Jazz. You know that team looked like they were in rebuild mode. You got players like Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, Laurie Markkinen stepping up and playing a uh, playing good basketball. Jazz. I if, if I'm not wrong, I'm pretty sure they're the one seed in the West right now. Um, they are. Yeah. So you got that teams. Uh, you got teams like that overperforming. Mavs look good. Luka looks good. Steph's having a career year. Warriors just aren't winning games right now. Um, yeah, basically, yeah, NBA, I, I don't really like like uh, NBA regular season. We've seen, I mean, Kawhi played his first his first game in like a month and a half last night. So, you know, that I really like that Clippers team fully healthy, but, you know, Kawhi's a big uh, question mark every single night with that team. So, yeah, you're not wrong. I, 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 yeah, I like I like to. Be, that's I was just gonna mention some of the teams that I've been finding profitable and uh, who we've been liking on our card a lot. You just said it with the Clippers. That's a team out west that's pretty consistent over the last few years. And the Golden State Warriors, yeah, they've been banged up. I know last night they had Curry, Thompson, and Green all out of the lineup, but they're still hanging around at eight and ten, so they're they're right there. It's still too early in the season to get a tell. Um, I think uh, another one. I think they're zero and nine on the road this year. Let's see. I got the, I got that up right now. They're seven and one at home, and they're one and nine on the road. One and nine. They must have won last night on the road, did they? No, they they beat Houston, I think, actually, like a few nights ago. Yeah, but other than that, the teams I really look at, like I said, the Clippers. Um, we really like the Celtics and the the Bucks, and I look at the Sixers to start turning it up a little bit too. So, uh, and you have the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving's back in the mix. It's another thing you can't forget. And Simmons um, is playing good playing. basketball. Those are three three of the best players in the league all on one team, so it's all a little bit before time to put things together. But our card, Jesse, what did you say we're sitting at as with a record here? Five and one in the NBA. 
Yeah, the Hawks are another one I'd like to mention. They're a one loss, uh, just missed with an overtime win. I think we had a minus five. They ended up winning by three, Huff, right? Two. Two. The Hawks, when we, that's our only loss on the NBA card this year, minus five, and they won in overtime by three points. Two. Yeah, two, two. but yeah, but you're pretty spot on. Yeah, so yeah, but w- a good start. We're, the NBA, right we're killing it yeah. there. I mean, obviously a 5-0 and start, you're never going to complain about that, but, and like you said, that Hawks game, we'll take it. Um, we were looking for some action, and I know we didn't get it in. I'm Mackie, how are the Grizzlies doing? I'm curious. Uh, last I take they were up like five. We could have got him at minus one fifteen money line. That was obviously before Ja was announced playing, and I tip off they were already at minus four and a half, like minus one seventy money line. So uh, we missed their opportunity on that, but they're they're looking good. I didn't Cray- know Ja was in. Creighton's up eight right now. Um, that looks good right now. So you know we got a few plays out right now. What was I going to say? One thing that Mackie and I were going back and forth about uh, another another thing for our listeners, like at the end of that NHL segment. Um, really checking lineups is a big thing. We were thinking about taking the Nuggets tonight, and we realized that Jokic was a game time decision. So you have to do a little bit more research into that and see really what's going on. And he's ended up probably not going to play. And if he's playing, he's on a minute restriction. So that's something we definitely stay away from. So definitely be checking out those lineups in these uh long season leagues, especially the NBA. I mean, NHL don't really sit out as often. Most players playing at least an eighty game season, but um, you know, NBA you sit out if if your toe hurts or you wake up with a cough or something. So, <laughs> spoken like a true hockey player, there, Mac. <laughs> oh, it's true, man. These people That's be taken so off true. for nothing. I mean, LeBron James, every single game. Granted, he's thirty-six years old. I understand. Every single game, game time decision. Like, dude, are you gonna play or not? Like, did you guys see that stat about the Lakers' record without LeBron James in the lineup? I know Huff definitely saw. It. He's is a it big good? LeBron guy. No, they're better. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're way better without LeBron in the lineup this year. I was gonna say, yeah. That's Come interesting. On. There's no, least. there's no need for some LeBron slander. Surprised Huff's not jumping on. No, I mean, it's like, close your eyes. Do you want if you're gonna watch a Laker game? Do you want LeBron James there or do you want him not there? Like you're gonna want the goat. On oh the yeah, court. I want him like, there every time. Are you kidding me? But it's just funny yeah. to see those stats. He does, I hate uh, when dudes pull that because it is such all like LeBron haters doing that shit. Like they're always like, "Yeah, when Le- Le- LeBron doesn't play, the Lakers are sixteen and four against the spread." It's like, I don't care. Yeah, because the spread's at sixteen. <laughs> yeah, like. Nah, but uh, I would, dude, honestly, watching watching the Lakers this year, LeBron does not look good. He's turning the ball over and just taking stupid shots. But you know, he's he's the goat, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. In my opinion, he he just wants to get to the playoffs. Same thing, like. That team's not that good. They're not getting to the playoffs. Dude, the problem is they didn't build around him. I mean, I'd be so mad if I was him in that front office. Who do you have? Lonnie? You should request a trade. They got I'd be like, Lonnie Walker it. and Pat Bev. That's who they picked up. Like, really, bro? That's not that's not winning a championship. Anthony Davis has been balling, though. I found I found the stat. So this season, it's not even that good. They're 2-2 two and two without James compared to 2-8 and eight with him. So that's, technically, they it's have just, no a stu- that's just, just a stupid bet. Half the amount of games. Yeah, it's a strange chat, but it's definitely something funny to look at. Yeah, but obviously 5-1 and one in the NBA, that's going to be something you want to keep looking at for our, our social medias and stuff like that. So um, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to talk about in the NBA. I heard, know you were talking about that for a minute while I stepped away. but um, Yeah, that's it for the NBA, I think. We're also getting hot in college basketball, 2-1-1. One and one. Mac, you got anything about that? 
three, one, three, one. three one and one. They'll be selling us short there, Jesse. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, um, we started slow in college basketball, not like slow record wise, but we just didn't release a lot of picks early because uh, you know it's nice to feel out. These are eighteen year olds batting on, so it's nice to feel out some teams before you start throwing money on them. But um, yeah, just riding with the with the good teams this year. I mean, you get you get Gonzaga at home only minus four. You're gonna take them. Michigan State's been rolling right now. You know, you can it's hard to bet against Tom Izzo. So when you you can get him at plus money, it's nice. Um, went one one and one last night. Mississippi State. Should have won by seven. Um, I forget where they were playing, but they hit like a buzzer beater three, kind of made made them push. So, um, yeah, we're just rolling right now. It's just getting started. Uh, should be a good college basketball season. Been pretty hot in the past few years. So, look for a release of plays. Yeah, definitely follow along. You know, you know, Mac. He's a college basketball guru. So, Alfie and I are always telling us picks every night. The public might as well make money off it too. Definitely check out our socials for those plays. You boys said it best. All good stuff there across the board. So let's jump into some NFL football. Week 12 is here. I got a few trends and stats to get us going. Last week in week 11, favorites went 10-2 and two straight up, but are 7-5 and five against the spread and over-unders tied 6-6 six and six in week 11. It's a very interesting week in... Week 11, so week 12 is here. The trends I got are since 2004, the favorites on Thanksgiving are 43 and 8 straight up and 35 and 16 against the spread. And in that span, road favorites are 23 and 1 straight up and 19 and 5 against the spread on Thanksgiving, with the only loss coming back in 09 when the Giants lost to the Broncos 26 to 6. So it's going to be an interesting Thanksgiving and extended weekend. So let's jump right in. The first game being the Buffalo Bills at the Detroit Lions. The Bills are the favorite here at minus 9.5. The money line sitting at minus 420 and the over-under sitting at 54.5. No trends from me in this matchup. For our first game on Thanksgiving, I got 59% of the money on Buffalo. Huff, what do you think about this one? Get us going. First game on Thanksgiving, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, um, obviously Lions every year we get to watch their shit show on Thanksgiving. Um, usually pretty decent game they put on. I feel like this is the Lions Super Bowl every year that they get to play in. Um, this team's 4-6, and six, getting a win last week. They've been kind of rolling over the past couple weeks since their hot start to the season. Uh, going up against a pretty good, obviously a really legit Bills team, 7-3. and three. Still sitting at second in their division with that crazy AFC East race. Um, just the fact that this game means more to the Lions. I really like what's happening with Jamal Williams. I really like what Jared Goff got done last week. Uh, big spread, home field. I like the Lions. Give me the Lions plus nine and a half. Nine and a half points is a lot for a Lions team, especially on Thanksgiving Day. But we see how good this Bills team is. Everybody loves Josh Allen, and he's a legend MVP frontrunner. I think he's been playing bad last few weeks. I've been calling it out since before that Jets game. <clears throat> kind of calling out the Sauce Gardner interception. And it came to life. But he's been loose with the football. And he's playing injured, I think. So that's not a good sign for the Bills. But that defense really is good enough to put them in good field position and keep them scoring points. And Stephon Diggs is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Um, my favorite play on this on this Thanksgiving early slate is definitely a Stephon Diggs touchdown. And maybe is over receiving prop because you know in the prime time they're gonna get him the ball. 
and we're all going to be sitting down watching our TV before Thanksgiving dinner to see Stefan Diggs in the end zone. Um, I do like the over 54 also. Um, just a lot of points, I think, in this matchup between the two teams. They'll play. They'll, they like the big play touchdown. Jamal Williams has the, that nose for the end zone. Guy scores every week. So um, I'm expecting a high-scoring game from both sides here. What do you think, Mackie? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same side as you. Um, I'm not really a big props guy. Ace, you're more of a props guy yourself, but I, I absolutely love Stefan Diggs getting the end zone. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. You always see those those players in a game like this. You're, they're, they're always getting to the end zone. I mean, um, he'll be targeted heavy against Detroit. Uh, obviously, they just played there. I think they went home. They said they wanted to go home for a few days and then come back. It's probably not that far from Buffalo to Detroit. But, uh, yeah, uh, I really like a high-scoring game here, too. I I I like the over. What's the over set at? 54 and a half. 54. I have 54. Ooh, that is really high. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll see how that that changes. Um, I think the Bills get it done here. I think Josh Allen eats on Thanksgiving. Stephon Diggs eats on Thanksgiving. The Bills defense might eat a little too. That's the only thing uh, that might steer me away from from over 54. I don't know how much the Lions can really produce. Then again, the Lions are always playing on Thanksgiving stuff. They've been here before. Um, yeah, but my main play on this game would be Stefan Diggs. Anytime touchdown score, I know it's probably sitting like minus 130, minus 140, but I like it. And um, I lean, I lean Bills minus nine and a half here. Yeah, this will be, this will be a fun one to watch. I'm happy we have these two teams. In. I have, I'm happy the Lions have them because I think the Lions are going to be hyped up to score and they have a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. So give me that over 54. Maybe they'll turn into a team play. Who knows? We haven't had one in a while, but. Look out for our Thanksgiving pick on this early game. I think this is going to be one of the better Thanksgiving games, so let's move forward to the next one. The New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Another 9.5 point favorite in the favor of the Cowboys. Their money line, minus 450. Over-under at 45.5. The, the trend I got for this one is that Dallas is 5-0 and straight up in its last five games when playing at home against the Giants. Question is, do you like the Cowboys at minus nine and a half? Mackie, take this one away. Your Cowboys. What do you think? Yeah. Against like your that. Giants. I don't like them at all in this situation. I mean, I think they I think they can definitely do enough to get it done, but you know, Dallas coming off a slaughtering win over the uh overhyped Vikings. Giants coming off a pretty brutal loss against the Lions. I mean, this this game just screams like Giants are gonna come out and uh get out get out to an early lead. I mean it's a divisional game. It's nine and a half points. Both teams are seven and three. I think this is a ridiculous spread, especially. I think it's exaggerated because of the weeks that both teams had last week. I think uh, a lot of people are going to jump down Dallas's throat after a forty to three slaughtering of the Vi- eight and one Vikings, and a lot of people are falling off the, the uh, Giants bandwagon after losing a pretty pretty shitty Detroit team. So, um, with that being said, it's a divisional matchup. I think Saquon can eat on Thanksgiving. I think uh, that offense can get go- going a little. I think we've seen. Dallas's defense slack a little in games like these. Um, we've seen them give up a lot of points when the when uh when like they're when they're playing uh not too powerful offenses. So um, nine and a half points, I think, is too much for me. I like the Giants plus nine and a half here. I do think Dallas finds a way to 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 get a get a win here. I I really do like Dallas in this spot. Um, One of my favorite players on that team, too, is Tony Pollard playing the best football of his young career. And we really saw it last week through the air and on the ground. I think he's kind of taking over that lead lead bulk of the work from Ezekiel Elliott, who's still in the mix, too. But 
I think Zeke will get in the end zone Thanksgiving. Doesn't do it every year, and he jumps in the Salvation Army bin. So, uh, yeah, feed Zeke, and then him and Dak are popping out of the thing. They get fined for it, and then they donate that money too. Something like that. But I really like the uh, Cowboys this Thanksgiving. Nine and a half is a lot of points. Um, I might be looking at a team total from the Cowboys in this game, actually. I do think that Dak and the boys roll. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to eat. Um, nine and a half is just too much in any game. I really don't know. I mean, maybe I tease them with the with the Bills, right? Maybe that's not a bad thing to look at now that I think about it. But this will be an entertaining game to watch. And a lot at stake with two seven and 7-3 teams and divisional matchup. Uh, Saquon Barkley is going to have a good game. So a lot of stars on the field here. This will be a fun one to watch in the middle of the day on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, too many points, Huff. Are you leaning anyone? I know I know you like giving points. When, but I, I know I usually do. And I like the Cowboys in this spot at home. I think I think Danny Dimes, Vanilla Vic is going to struggle in this one against the Cowboys defense. It's basically a primetime game, a 430 game uh, on Thanksgiving. Um, I like the Cowboys on. here. I know. Yeah, I know I, I usually say give the points in a divisional game. I really like the Cowboys in this spot. I think their offense is rolling. I think they're trying to make a campaign for Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, we, heard, we heard Dak make some headlines with that in the locker room last week after the game or, or after practice one day this week. Definitely, He's saying uh, we definitely want him here, but we want him to want to be here like a whole thing. So um, I like the Cowboys in this spot. I think everything's going to roll for the Cowboys. This might be one of the weeks where you see me do my full game and first half spread. Uh, that's how much I like this Cowboys team right now. Um, I like the Cowboys. Yeah, I think Huff, uh, does the winner of this game decide who gets Odell Beckham Jr.? Because he saw he was interested in the Giants too, huh? He did say, well, after Dak said something about it, some he said something about he misses someone in the Giants. I well, think he's he said been he saying, Saquon. He's been saying he misses the Giants, but I mean, that's I don't think there's like two players on that team that are still on I don't think team. anybody would voluntarily sign somewhere to catch passes from Daniel Jones. That's just me. That's also a I big think, factor. I think if Odell went there, they would try to use him like a old Debo Samuel. The problem is, is that if he went to the Giants, he'd need to be old, old Odell, and he's not old Odell. If he goes to the Cowboys, he can be who Julio Jones is in Tampa or just like an old Except receiver. Except way better. What? No, if he goes to the Dallas Cowboys, he'll be the Odell Beckham Jr. that he was in the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, yeah, exactly. That that too. Which is who won a Super Bowl. But he wouldn't so be able to play that role mean. in New York. He needs if he goes to New York, he's yeah, you have to be the main guy there right now. Yeah, he can go to Dallas and be who he already is. Like whatever year he's in, he doesn't have to be you know the number one receiver. Obviously, you said you have Ceedee Lamb, You're Tony a check Gallup. Down. You're a check down receiver. It's yeah, crazy like, to me how how Dak Prescott really disfavored Michael Gallup this year. I wonder if he's still hurt because he feel I feel like he's even behind Noah Brown on the depth chart. Well, the thing with Noah Brown was him and Cooper Rush had like a little thing going. They played college together or something, remember? I was I was off carding a lot of that Noah Brown dude anytime touchdown. He was like plus four hundred. Like yeah. the first well, after after I realized how free it was the second time it happened when he just throws the ball to him literally every play. It was like him and that Cooper. Noah Brown dude at the beginning of this Cooper Rush and Noah Brown were like Last year, when Derek Carr literally would only look at Darren Waller, like the yeah, only dude on the field he looked at was Darren Waller. Dak's like that, that was Dalton literally... Schultz a lot too. Anything, anytime he has nowhere to throw the ball, he just finds Dalton Schultz and just give him, throw it at him, no matter what. Yeah, that's a lot of quarterbacks with their tight ends though. Like, I mean, if you have a good tight end, it's a good dude. Dalton Schultz with, is obviously. not a top seven or no. eight tight end. I don't think no. there's no good tight ends anymore, so he could be. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. But you still got. I could definitely a bunch of guys who are injured. I could definitely name five better than him right now. You can't say Waller or Pitts. They're both hurt. I won't say Waller or Pitts. I wouldn't say Pitts either. Or Higby. Or Higby. Waller, Pitts, Higby. Okay, ready? 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 Kelsey, Kittle, Goddard, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews County, he's back. Yeah. And um, oh, yeah. Dude, I'd, I'd, I'd even say Fryermuth. Hawkinson. Better. Actually, no, I'd say he's better than Fryermuth. Um, I like Zach Ertz, too. Yeah. Hawkinson. Hawkinson. He just tore his ACL. Hawkinson, yeah. Did he actually? Ertz with, tore his ACL. With, with the Vikings? Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz out for the year. Oh, Zach Ertz. Yeah. I thought you said Hawkinson. He's a good. He was, he was playing well, too. I like Njoku, too. He's a little banged up. Him and Higby are, are a little bit better than Schultz, I guess. There's about there's about like I think like after the top three when you're looking at Schultz is consistent though I'd take Firemuth over over Schultz. I was just saying that it's I feel like they're very comparable honestly. I think Firemuth has though. so much potential if Pickett works yeah, out. Young. I think Firemuth is so good. Where's he from? They use him a lot too. Penn is he from Penn State? Yeah, he's Penn, Penn State. State. Dude, what the? I swear to God, Pittsburgh. Why do they only draft? Pennsylvania oh, players, yeah. dude. I swear yeah, to God, dude, it's so it's so stupid. I think it's the dumbest <laughs> shit ever. It is weird. But like, if it, if it's the right guy, it's the right guy. But like, Pickett was like, come on, Pickett's not bad. No, I agree. But like, the, oh, it it's like a, we were saying was, the other day. The thing with Pickett, it's like, it's crazy to think too. Like, he's a good prospect because all of the young quarterbacks nowadays suck. Yeah, like, no, this is the worst quarterbacking we've seen in our lifetime. Looking like, at looking at Malik Willis and like obviously we haven't seen Desmond Ritter yet, but like looking at Malik Willis, I'm like, all right, we have a terrible offensive line. The Titans is not bad. They're without Taylor Lewan right now. He tore his ACL at the beginning of the year, so they're they're a little banged up. But I mean, I'll take my chance with Pickett. I, I'm I wanted Malik Willis. That's just because I'm not the biggest Pitt fan. Obviously, being a West Virginia alum, but I I once they made him obviously or once they picked him obviously he was my guy. So. I'm gonna back him probably until he's not a Steeler, until he hopefully retires the Steeler Hall of Famer and wins me two more Super Bowls. But we'll see. Uh, no way he wins two Super Bowls. He can only hold. Uh, he can hold one with two hands. So yeah, he, he would have to set one down. Fair assessment. He could work. He could. Do you think they make rings that small? Uh, they make, no. I don't think they make rings for coming in last in your division, Huff. No. Wait, who are we talking about? Pick it. No, but I don't know how we spun off that to Fry- from Fryermuth, but yeah, I'm a big. I obviously think Fryermuth. Out of like young tight ends, I mean, my Fryermuth case over pick over Pitts is looking pretty strong here, dude. Anybody over Pitts? Can't is wait until Pitts. Right I can't wait until Pitts gets the hell out of uh, Atlanta. He's got what another year of that contract. Yeah, probably one more. Maybe gets traded. Dude, they'd get so much for him, but they just fucked themselves. Now he tore his ACL. No one wants him. Hmm. What are you now do? you gotta wait. Now you gotta wait a full year. He's not even gonna be back for the start of next That's year. That's a dumpster fire. That team doesn't even know how to lose. <laughs> it's crazy. Like they easily could have had a top five pick this year. Yeah, instead they won. They could also still be a playoff six. team. Yeah, I know. It's like, but they're not going to be. Even they know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everyone knows Tampa's coming out of that division. I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Darnold leads Carolina to finish ahead of Atlanta, and Atlanta finishes in last in that division. I don't know. Panthers have a good matchup this week. Let's get into this this Thanksgiving night game. 
Yeah, let's jump into this 8 o'clock matchup here Thursday night on Thanksgiving. The New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are the favorite here at minus 2.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 136 and the over-under sitting at 42.5. I got 77% of the money on Minnesota. But the trends I got are that New England is 5-0 straight up in its last five games against Minnesota. Also 6-1 against the spread in their last seven. And Minnesota is 7-1 straight up in their last eight games. Ace, I know you said the Pats play calling last week was subpar, but are the Vikings frauds? What do you think? I think that this is going to be a great matchup, and I'm actually kind of disappointed that the uh, odds makers got the lines a lot more closer than they should have been. I was hoping that the uh, 8-2 Minnesota Vikings at home were going to come in at like 5.5 at least. So that way I could get a good juicy money line on the Patriots. But now it's really making it a toss-up for everybody who's betting. Um, but one thing I said last week when watching the Vikings get slaughtered by the Cowboys, I was like, wow, Kirk Cousins is going to look just like this next week because the Patriots' front seven is built very similarly to that Dallas Cowboys' front seven. And he's going to be running for his life against Matthew Judon and Dietrich Weiss. It could be a game where you take a Judon sack. I know it's probably nuts. Maybe you take a pair of them. But... Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. I, I feel the under in the prime time there um, definitely is one of my, my better plays. I know the Patriots are going to play it close to the vest. You get baby baby Kirk Cousins against real Kirk Cousins, so it's 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 going to be a fun one. I think the two defenses will have a good game, but the Patriots uh, will find ways to stifle them like the Cowboys did and end up on top through good field position and uh, good defensive play calling. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I really like the Patriots in this spot. I'd like the I'd like plus three. I was kind of when you were saying the odds makers got this pretty spot on, uh, from the obviously the records. If you told me these records, I'd say Patriots plus five, four and a half maybe. But I mean, with the Vikings, what they did last week, I think a lot of people are kind of backing off on them. Like Jesse said, are they contenders? Are they frauds? A lot of people are kind of starting to question that, and. I don't know, this Vikings team, is Kirk Cousins going to be that bad two weeks in a row? That's the only thing that's kind of killing me. Um, could he do that two weeks in a row? Is this primetime Kirk? Yeah, yes, definitely. this is primetime Kirk. Oh, okay, this is good. 8 p.m. That's why I'm leaning Patriots. I like, the, I like the points. I'll take the Patriots plus three. I'm sure I'll be able to find a half point somewhere. If not, I might buy it. But I'm with you. I like the under. This might be my first two unit on the first half under. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely I I don't really have a play on the on the spread or anything. I definitely see what you guys are saying with the Patriots. Just I don't know I don't know if I could trust Jeff Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins doing what they did two weeks. That's in my a thing. Row. I'm scared. It's just uh I I really like the under. I might here. just rock my under. I really like the under here. I think uh Patriots defense like you said it's very similar to the Cowboys defense and they just had zero answer for. It. I think we had seven to eight sacks something like that. Kirk Cousins just couldn't get away from from uh Marcus Lawrence and um and Michael Parsons and that, that pass rush. But um I really like the I really like the under here. I think um Patriots offense doesn't never really gets anything going, so we don't have to really worry about them. But I think that their defense will be able to contain Kirk Cousins and Jeff Justin Jefferson at, at least enough to um to the point where this game won't won't really be in jeopardy of going over. It's so tough to bet on the Patriots though. I feel like you guys pain because I'm a fan and I do it every game like I'm supposed to off the card. But um it's so tough to bet on the Patriots offense because you look at that lineup and that roster. Jacoby Myers is pretty good. Ramondre Stevenson has potential. But there's no superstar. There's no clear-cut playmaker. And the toughest part is when this team gets in the red zone, who's getting the ball across the goal line? That's the question that remains to be answered every week because last week it was our punt returner. Yo, but yeah, shout, yeah. Out Bill, 
Shout out Bill Belichick, though, because they drafted the number one punt returner in college football in the third round. He plays slot quarterback for us, too, and he does a good job at that. Obviously, Bill can coach him up. But you draft that guy to be a game changer, and he comes in and literally wins you a divisional game. That's important. If they don't win that, if they go to overtime, they can obviously lose that game. Anybody yeah, could, or they could tie it. That's a monumental win. So great, great draft pick by Bill there. Yeah, I mean, you just... I'm not gonna lie. I was so close to taking Jets plus three and a half on the card. Just not like not obviously nothing against you, but I for that exact reason, divisional point, their divisional game. I always say take the points, and the whole game it looked so good. I didn't take it. It was the whole game. It looked so good. And then that happens. I'm like, yep, there it is. It was That's the, the New York play. Jets, though. It was That's the correct the New play. York Jets. Jets plus three and a half is definitely the winning winning play. You're on the you're on the yeah. I mean, you're just on the wrong side of the Patriots right missed there. two forty yard field goals, though. That would would have changed your bet drastically. Yeah, but I'm sure there's things. Nick Folk's normally automatic. I'm sure there's a bunch of things that happened during the game where the Jets could have scored points and they didn't. I mean, it's just like one of those. They had they had negative twenty seven passing yards in the second half. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. But they had, uh, more, getting, they had more punts than completions. Getting back to my uh, Patriots offense Jeez. slacking. I mean, yeah, I mean, you just won a football game without scoring a touchdown. Um, obviously, a special teams touchdown. But um, I mean, Jets defense isn't anything special. And you know, what, what do you guys have? I think, the Jets, I think, the, Jets, I think the Jets defense is good. Jets it's defense is like top ten. No, I, I don't know about top ten. They're not bad. I'm like not right around bad. ten. I'm not saying they're bad at all. But I mean, you put on, putting up more than three points against them. I don't think they. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think they're that I good. I, I, I didn't. No. Mean but they're a top they're, defense. No, I didn't mean to say they that they're beat. Like bad or anything. But they're definitely. I don't think they're like one of the defenses in the league that you really need to be scared of. They began the demise of Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen did that to himself. He's just throwing the ball in, to anyone. Guy had six. Guy had six interceptions year. in a three-game span. I like. Uh, yeah, I mean. I'm oh yeah. Speaking of which, uh, kind of off-topic here on this game, but. Sauce Gardner's losing his hold on defensive rookie of the year to Aiden Hutchinson big time. I uh, he and he was a huge part to that to that um Jets defense being so good in the beginning of the season was how good Sauce Gardner was gonna be locking up these top receivers and he did it in the beginning of the season and now he's kinda getting exposed. So like like Remember? I said, I mean I just don't think that they're a top five defense or one that you would really be like, shit, gotta play the Jets defense this week, you know what I mean? Yeah, Remember that's why Sauce it's so Gardner tough to bet the- on the pass. Remember Sauce Gardner wearing the cheese head and and green and Lambo running He's, around? He was gonna be the defensive rookie. He gives me uh, yeah. He gives me the same Eden vibes Hutchinson's as um, George Pickens. We'll talk about that. Him and George Pickens. Oh, we I forgot love, to I talk mean, about that. Let's talk about it now. Aiden Hutchinson. We that game already passed on Thanksgiving though. Watch out for him to be a difference maker. He has the same amount. I don't know. I saw some crazy stat the other day about Aiden Hutchinson, about his tackles and interceptions and sacks and whatnot. He's he's, Ace, he's. Were you trying. watching that Giants Lions game? Yeah, I saw he's the a, He was an he was an animal. Yeah, he is an animal though. He's always been an animal. Is he coming off an injury? Off season injury, maybe. Oh, I, uh, it's just the way you said it. It made it seem like he was like coming coming back. No, he started off slow though. Oh, okay. I think a lot a lot underwhelming at first, and he's been popping off, and he's been a game changer last. He year, is so. good though, out of Michigan. He's he's a beast. What was he fourth overall or something like that? Second. There's. Was second? he second? Second. Yeah. Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, you're right. Sauce was four. Who went three? Offense. It was like the Texans. Was the like offensive lineman? Derek Stingley, Texans. Yeah. LSU cornerback. He's good though. I like him. I like him too. I like all of the guys in that that early draft class. I like defense. You can't really miss on defense. You can miss on offense early. 
Yeah. It's a safe play to go there. But uh, these Thanksgiving games are going to be great. I'm looking forward to all of them. It's it's awesome to see a great slate. Um, Giants being relevant. Cowboys and Lions, fun to watch. Bills, Patriots, both big market teams. And the Vikings um, are the Vikings. So it'll be fun to watch. I think uh, the Patriots reign, reign supreme on primetime Kirk to end the night, though. If if primetime Kirk Cousins wasn't such a narrative, this would... I mean, Ace, I know you're a Patriots fan. Mackie, we would be sitting here saying this is the biggest get-right game in the world. For I don't Mike. think it would be a two-and-a-half-point line if it's a Sunday at 1 o'clock either, though. Yeah. No. No shot. Also, just the last week, coming off that Cowboys game. But, I mean, it makes so this matchup. The whole game. We're definitely getting the, like, the best possible out- or outcome of this matchup, though, I think. If we want to talk, you guys want to say stars are getting in the end zone on Thanksgiving? You're Justin telling me we're not going to see a Justin Jefferson gritty? Nope, I can't say that. We're not going to see that. I but see, if I, I were you guys, I might either, say that. Man. I, I also can't say that. I think Zeke gets in the end zone. Yeah, I, I'd say Zeke. And my favorite touchdown scores for Thanksgiving, let's see, off the top of my head. I like Stephon Diggs, Jamal Williams, Ezekiel Elliott. Do you like Jamal, Williams, I don't, I guess. Jamal Williams coming off three touchdowns? Yeah, he scores every week. <laughs> yeah, he's a dog. I got him in one of my fantasy leagues. Um, but yeah, no, Diggs and Elliott are my favorites. I don't want to say Barkley. That that Cowboys defense scares me. I think they'll score. Say with the Patriots. So, you know, they're going to score. Patriots score defense. Points. You think though? You guys, you guys shut down a much better offense last week. Dude, that was two good, o- I mean, two we, good odds you could probably get. I like Sh- Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. I don't know what the odds are on that. I feel like he always scores against Cow- or against the Giants. Yeah, it's a good and pick. Another another deep value one. I don't know what you could get on is maybe Thielen for the for the Vikings. What about Josh Allen? A run one in. That'd probably be pretty good. That could be an interesting one. I just don't trust it. I mean, there's not many situations. You just got to bank on like one or two situations happening. He runs all no. He runs a lot. He sneaks it. That's the thing. Yeah, you Josh know, Allen's his head. You get a, you get a third and goal from the uh, from the four yard line. He's probably throwing a little slant to Stefan Diggs. But he also goes the Singletary a lot now. They're trusting Singletary. Yeah. He's made a lot of strides over the past couple of weeks as the Bills have struggled and Josh Allen struggled. Which is struggled. weird. Singletary, it... Singletary has really come on. They drafted James Cook to be that guy, but James Cook isn't him. They also just who'd they just sign? Uh, they signed someone Naheem that's not that Hines. good. No, yeah. Naheem Hines. Yeah, why'd you sign Naheem Hines? You're just going to use Singletary more now than you did before. Well, Hines, they, 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 again, they've been trying to get Hines going. Hines. If you guys have watched and he's been doing nothing. Huff, what'd you say? I said, I feel like Hines is more the receiving back. Yeah. Dude, but yeah, I, when he went there, you got it. You can't tell me that you didn't think he was going to take over 80% of the snap. I didn't think he'd be a lead down back. He's only a third down back. The third down back behind Jonathan Taylor. Devin Singletary's touchdowns have been running through the tackles too, because people get mean. spread I out by. Mean, yeah, Devin Singletary's not like a stud. Like yeah, he Devin sucks. Singletary was doing less before they signed, they made that signing, and then now he's like popping off. But my theory is Naeem Hines is literally just a third down back that receives. If you look at it, the Bills are being stymied on the outside. Everybody's widening out to cover the rolling out of Allen. They're covering the receivers, and they're running up the middle power run. Which is working to get in. That's Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are their true power running backs. Yeah, you're right. I just thought it was a little weird. How yeah, yeah I agree. Like the bill, the Bills wanted Mc, wanted McCaffrey or Kamara so bad, and oh, everyone yeah. was just like, "Dude, we're yeah. not trading you the best yeah. running backs in the league. Yeah. Like you're already good enough." They said to the San Francisco though. 
When we get to that team, I have a lot to say about that. Niners are the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. Them and the Bucks. I've been saying it all year. You don't want to see them if you're the Come Eagles. Come on, not the Bucks this year. I'm, I'm genuinely. You don't want to see them in the playoffs. I don't. I wouldn't mind Those this two. year. I really wouldn't. Dude, the you'd Bucks, rather see, you'd rather see that. You'd rather see the. I'd rather see the Giants, the Cowboys, the Eagles, okay, or the Vikings. I wouldn't rather than see the, the Bucks and the Niners. I wouldn't want to see the rather see the Eagles. The NFC know. really isn't that strong this year. The playoff teams are very shaky. You know what yeah, I think is going to be hilarious when it happens. When Tom Brady makes the playoffs and wins the division, his first round fucking matchup is against Daniel Jones. No, it's going to be against fucking Dak Prescott. He's going to be Tom Brady versus fucking Daniel Jones in Tampa Bay. It's going to be a 10-point spread. (laughs) Yep, and then Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady beating the NFC uh, Conference Championship. That'd be great. Well, you fucking know Kirk Cousins isn't getting there, so you can rule out one team. Yeah. And I don't think Josh. I I like Jalen Hurts, but I think he's a regular season quarterback. I'm not look a, at the, sold, sold on the read option quarterback in the playoffs. It's crazy. Like I know it. Th- I know like we love to say like everyone loves to say the quarterbacks head to head like names like act like they're on the field together like going head to head. But like think of the quarterbacks that Brady would have to go up against in the NFC this year in the playoffs: Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, like Jimmy Garoppolo, Geno Smith, <laughs> like it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Hurts and Dak are really the only two that. Dak, yeah, I forgot Dak. I forgot Dak. Dak but like, Dak's pretty. I mean, I'm coming from a Cowboys fan. I might look at him a little differently. Dak's the top Dak's, of that list. I think Dak's pretty good. Dak's I mean, good. Dak's think, top ten. Yeah, I, I'd I'd say like top eight. Eight to ten. It's like seven. Dude, I mean, they're averaging thirty-five points a game. He's probably eight. He's probably eight. He's probably eight. I probably I wouldn't put him above eight. No. He's probably but eight right there. My point, my point was Brady's gonna have to play two of those quarterbacks. Yeah, there's there's a good chance, and there's a good chance he's getting a home game because he's gonna win the division. It always works out for Tom Brady. Well, when you go to a division he's, with uh, fucking PJ Walker, I'm drawing a blank right now. Who the fuck else is he Marcus Mariota and yeah. Andy Dalton. Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton. Yeah, he, you should be winning the fucking division, man. Like, it's like what I said earlier. Sit- there's, there's no good quarterbacks in the NFL anymore. This is the weakest quarterback class we've seen so long. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong about that. Actually, we were so spoiled when we were younger. Yep. Yeah, we were. I'd say, oh five, like mid two thousands, best quarterback play of our life. Yeah, like even like shitty teams had like. Chad Pennington like the, would be good in this NFL. Come on. I was going to say, even like the... It's a more Philip Rivers would NFL. be the... Pocket passers win games, though. Still. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that since day one. That's why Tom Brady has seven rings. The thing is, they don't, teach, they don't teach kids nowadays to be a pocket passer in youth leagues. They teach them to read option, and then it doesn't work at the next level with good defenders. I, I, Could you I imagine, know, I like... Think, dude, like Mahomes, like, for the most part, He'll he'll extend plays by rolling out, obviously, but he stays in the pocket as long as he possibly can, and he's really good at it too. I mean, I that I feel like that's like the one thing that like the top guys stress: is stay in the pocket as long as you can. That's your best option at seeing the field and seeing your receivers get open. I mean, you're rolling out, you're taking off angles everywhere. So I mean, uh, I mean, he is a player that rolls out very often, but he extends plays for an extra eleven to twelve seconds that you like you just didn't see happening. So, um. Yeah, I mean, saying in the pocket is is probably most important, but it's not like Mahomes is. I mean, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, and he's not really a teaching to 
to just Mahomes is bail, bail on the play. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but. You said it, Ace. We're going to see lots of good football here on Thanksgiving. I'm really excited for it. So let's, But let's jump into our Sunday game, starting with the 1 o'clock slate, the Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Ravens, the favorite in this matchup, at a solid minus 4. Their money line at minus 205, and the over-under sitting at 43.5. The trend I got for this matchup is that Baltimore is 5-1 and one straight up in their last six. And I got 80% of the money on Ravens spread. Tons of cash early on the Ravens. What do we think? Huff, you want to get us going here? Yeah, I'll get us going here. Um, obviously, you said a lot of money coming in on the Ravens. I did notice that. Um, this Jaguars team, I've kind of been iffy on them most of the year, and the Ravens have burnt, I mean, most of, if not all of us, at some point. And a four-point spread when they're at home, I it just, I like the Ravens. It's just, I don't know, something about the Jaguars and what they have going with Trevor Lawrence is kind of picking his play up. Travis Etienne has gotten so much better since uh, the departure of James Robinson. This team is decent at home. Um, They've been covering spreads, and I'm going to take the Jags. I really like Christian Kirk, too, what he's been able to do the past couple weeks with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think this is a high-scoring game, too. I think, obviously, the Ravens could put up points and obviously a four-point spread. I just think this could be a field goal game, maybe come down to four. Jags lose by four. This could be like the definition of a push, but um, I like the Jags. I don't know. I mean, obviously you see the high money. I'm obviously going to not ride, necessarily jump on that, but when it's a Ravens team and obviously they're an easy team to go at each week and they've been rolling, you said, five and one or whatever the stat was, but um, I don't know. I like the, I like ETN. I might, might look at maybe a prop for him but to get in. This this very injured Ravens team has just been uh, kind of iffy for me over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, Huff, it's it's crazy to say that. I'm I'm actually all over the Ravens here. Um, I'll probably buy it down to minus three though, because that'll be a peace of mind bet. Um, obviously not as great of odds, but that could be a two unit play for me after getting stymied last week against the Panthers and pulling out a gutsy win at home. I think they find a lot more space to uh, open up the the uh, defense here down in Jacksonville, especially Sunday, Sunday one o'clock games when Lamar Jackson really puts up those crazy stat lines. Look for him to run wild, maybe get in after being held to one touchdown last week. I really like the Ravens to bounce back and uh, assert themselves as one of the best teams in the AFC and the NFL overall. Yeah, it's just a, a weird matchup. Baltimore versus Jacksonville. I, this is my first look at it, honestly. Um, I don't know. The Ravens just haven't been trustworthy this year. Obviously uh, they're, they're in a 0-0 game last week with the uh, Panthers for a really long time out. Obviously ended up coming out on top, winning that game 13-3, to I think. But um, Lamar just, I mean, Panthers have a good defense, so it's explainable. But Lamar just didn't look himself, you know. Um, even running the ball, he's just giving up on plays a little earlier. And I don't know, he just had, he's looked a little off this past few weeks. I know uh, they're a little, they're a little injured, so there's that. But they, I think they're on a four-game winning streak, five or uh five and one in their last six or something like that so that team is rolling they're getting the job done um I, th- I think they can cover a four point spread here i think uh when it comes down to it even if it's a two-point game they say they're down to it going or and uh, lamar jackson's driving again the end zone win by five points i just don't think four points is enough for trevor lawrence to keep up with lamar jackson in that offense this week especially because jacksonville doesn't really have a very good defense and lamar will just pick apart pretty bad defenses so I, th- I like uh I like the Ravens minus four this week. 
good stuff in that one o'clock matchup, boys. The next one up is the Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers. Broncos the favorite here at minus two and a half. Their money line sitting at minus one thirty-two in the over/under sitting at thirty-six and a half. Hard to watch the Panthers last week, only scoring three points in their game. Ravens only getting thirteen. Overall, a tough game to watch. Good call for the underbetters that in that matchup. The trends I got for this one is that Denver is six and one straight up in their last seven games against Carolina, and Carolina is four and one against the spread in their last five. Mackie, what do you think in this matchup? I think it's going to be a weird one. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's Denver, Carolina, just to be sure. Right? This is Denver, Denver, Carolina, just to be sure, right? Okay. Um, Yeah, it's just two teams that have just been playing some pretty awful football. Obviously, Baker Mayfield got the start last week for the Panthers, and they put up three points. So, um, you know, they can't really find an answer at the quarterback position for that team right now. And Broncos coming off a tough loss in overtime to uh, Devontae Adams and the, and the Raiders. Devontae Adams had a pretty big game. It's just both teams can't find a way to win a, win a football game right now. Um, Russell Wilson looks awful. Um, hasn't been able to figure it out since he got into Denver. Team sitting at 3-7. and seven. Panthers sitting at 3-7, and seven, I think. 3-8. and eight. So, you know, it's just two really bad football teams. Um, just a game where I'd like to take the under. I mean, both neither offenses can get it done. Panthers have a pretty good defense, I guess. Uh, Broncos are pretty good defense as well. You got Pastor Tam back there and everything. So, um, yeah, a game that I really like the under, and I don't really have a play on the minus two and a half. I think it's a pretty shitty f- football game, if you ask me. Yeah, definitely a game I would like to stay away from, and not too much to speak on about this team. It's very underwhelming. Strong defenses, yet can't figure out how to put points on the board. Dante Foreman, really the only strong point of the Carolina Panthers. And then on the Denver Broncos side, they just most recently cut Melvin Gordon, so they don't really know what's going on. Um, if anything, I'd play the under here with two two offenses that don't know how to put points on the board and two coaches that make bizarre coaching decisions. Definitely a stay away game under, if anything, you're looking here. Um, Huff, I don't know if you like anything. <laughs> um, I just like your logic behind the two coaches that just make bad decisions. Uh, yeah, obviously last week I looked at the first half under with the Broncos, and the under with the Broncos has just been the play week in and week out. Um, that's something I'm looking at this week. I might do the first half and the full game on this one, but um, I, I'll go with my boy again. Give me Ross. I don't. They don't deserve gross. the two, two and a half He's point gross. favorite. How do you? Keep They're bad, taking? dude. Yeah. I don't. I just keep taking it because, like, he's my boy. How do you but... keep even saying Broncos? Yeah. You gotta be How disgusting. is he still your boy? Yeah. <laughs> it's just brutal weekend, week yeah. out. Uh, oh, no, I've totally switched. Over. I mean, to I've just it's Sam Darnold's like home week. debut. Yeah, exactly. Is I think Sam Darnold's better than Russell Wilson. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. But they could be. Could be. It's not that hard. Dude, why not? No, uh, that's, I think, that's, I think, that's I why I like the... I don't think there's many uh, quarterbacks Russell Wilson's better than right now. So. I think both defenses have a day for sure. Yeah, and that's the thing. The Broncos' defense is still very good, even with the departure of Bradley Chubb. So, um, I like the under here for full, first half, probably full game too. So, um, that'll be the one thing I'm looking at in this one. Yeah, not much more to say other than I hope we see three quarterbacks in one game by the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> the odds on that. That'd be hilarious. 
plus a million. Probably not uh, even though, actually. No, that that, no, that could be a lock. Not. That could be a lock. Yeah, I can see like plus three fifty on that. Is that even a <laughs> is that even a play? DraftKings, if you listen to this, FanDuel, uh, give us that play. <laughs> Let us know. Good stuff there, boys. Yeah, low over under in that matchup, 36 and a half. We'll have to see what happens. Next one up is the Atlanta Falcons at the Washington Commanders. Commanders are the favorite here at minus four. Their money line sitting at minus 198 in the over under, sitting at 41 and a half. Trends I got here is that the Falcons are 6-1 and one straight up in their last seven games against the Commanders, as well as 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six games on the road against the Commanders. Washington is 5-0-1 oh, against the spread in their last six, as well as 5-1 and one straight up in their last six. What do we think here? Ace, you want to take us away on this one? Yeah, I mean, I'm not as high on the Falcons as the rest of... Uh, uh. I'm, I'm definitely muted to start that, but uh, I'm not as hi- I'm not as high in the Falcons as the rest of you are. I know our whole podcast is probably leaning that spread because it's been a wagon all year, but to me this is another stay away game. Two really bad teams that like to do dumb things at weird times. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not I don't really have a big play on this. Maybe CPAT to get in the end zone. I know Mackey got let down on it, but I'm staying away from this one on the one o'clock slate on Sunday as well. Mackey, uh, I know you might be leaning. Falcon spread, but let me hear what you got to say. Yeah, you'd think so, but uh, I'm really not. I'm really, dude, this NFC East just keeps finding ways to win games. Taylor Heineke looks like a good quarterback to win win football games. You know you can trust him back there. Um, sitting at minus four, obviously Atlanta's been wagging on the on the uh, against the spread all season. I've uh, I've lived by them all season. I think I'm up like an extra five units because of them. But um, in this situation, I don't know. They're on the road, you know. Going against a really good Washington team recently, Taylor Heineke with all the all the confidence in the world. Um, yeah, I just think they can. They definitely have enough to get it done right now. Um, Atlanta's one and four on the road this year. They're going into a, a cold a, a cold field, and uh, you're you're playing in DC. Obviously, when you play in Mercedes, you got that dome, so you don't have to worry about the weather. And I just don't trust Marcus Mariota to do enough to to um get anything done. In Washington, so I think uh, Washington wins that wins that game and covers four point spread. Yeah, I actually like the Falcons here. Like you said, they're just been a wagon against the spread this year. Um, kind of the Commanders. I feel like they're riding very high right now. A lot of things going on in the NFC. A lot of these teams are trying to make a push for one of those final two wild card spots. Uh, as obviously they're in a very tough division themselves in the NFC East. The team that just has the uh, teams in the division that just keep picking up wins. Obviously, a big game for that division this week is the one with the uh, one of the ones that we already talked about being Giants Cowboys. Um, I think the Commanders tough spot for them here, a Falcons team that could very much uh, come in and kind of spoil the party for them as far as most of their season. I know a loss here doesn't necessarily kill them, but I like this Falcons team necessarily to get back on track. But cover a spread here, at least make it a three point game. Four is always a weird spread, I think. But I think Falcons, I think I like Falcons here. Next one up, 1 o'clock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cleveland Browns. The Bucks are the favorite here at minus 3.5. The money line sitting at minus 178 in the over-under, sitting at 42.5. No trends from me here, so let's send it over to Ace. Ace, what do you got for us, Bucks and Browns? 
Yeah, I've been high on this Bucks team all year. Always am with Tom Brady. Happy that they're back off of a bye week, ready to roll with them again. And you know Brady after a bye week, he really locks in and hunkers down on that second half of the season to make sure things end the way he really wants them to, which is attaining that number one seed in the NFC South. So three and a half points against the Cleveland Browns is not a lot. I'm going to buy that half point. Probably see me put this on the card, Bucks minus three. Um, I think Nick Chubb is going to get pounded the rock a lot, but the thing is that Bucks defense is one of the best defensive units in the league. And I really think everybody getting healthier one week off on that offense does a lot for them. I think the Bucks really have a great game against that weak uh, Cleveland defense. So they had that one game on Halloween against the Bengals, but that was about it. Um, yeah, I really like the Bucks to uh, stomp the Browns this week. I don't know how you guys feel about that. It's, um... Honestly, I, I, like the, I like a lower-scoring game here. I think it's going to be, like you said, Tampa's defense is going to step up to the task. I think um, the Browns' defense is obviously no joke, uh, having guys like Garrett and Denzel Ward out there. But um, I think I think Tampa will be able to get the job done. I don't love a three-and-a-half point spread. I, I do like the, the – if anything, I'm going to take the Browns plus three-and-a-half, um, obviously going against. I just like that they're home. One last game without Deshaun Watson. I think they're able to maybe squeak one out here, but I like him to lose by three. I'll, I'll give him the point. I think that's going to be another good one o'clock game, close game, like you guys said. Let's move forward. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans, another one o'clock matchup. The Bengals, the favorite here, minus two and a half, over under, sitting at 42 and a half in the money line for the Bengals at minus 130. Both these teams winning their games last week, Cincinnati over Pittsburgh and Tennessee over Green Bay. The trends I have are that Cincinnati is 5-0 against the spread in their last five games when playing Tennessee. Cincinnati is 7-1 against the spread in their last eight. And Tennessee is 5-0 against the spread in their last five. Hoff, you want to get us going on this matchup? Yeah, I actually, I'm leaning on the Titans here. I think this team is a wagon right now. I like Vrabel. Um, I like what he's doing with the boys down in Tennessee. I think Derrick Henry's starting to get his feet under him and obviously starting to have a really good year, another really good year for one of the best running backs that we've seen over the past so many years. Um, Tannehill back under center for the Titans. Traylon Burks is back off injury. I really like what's going for this Titans team uh, as they get the defensive pieces back. I know there's a good amount of money on the Titans, but I like them at plus two and a half. I think they win this game at home. Um, I'll probably take the points anyway, just because Vegas knows more than me. So um, if I can find plus three with the Titans, I absolutely love it. But definitely leaning on the Titans here at home. Uh, I know the Bengals. Bengals were definitely having a good game last week in uh, Pittsburgh. I watched that whole one, obviously, in person. But um, high-flying week for them. I think things slow down. And uh in Tennessee again play a slower game more of a running game Mixon is going to have to be more of a um actually Mixon took a had a concussion against the Steelers sorry but uh it's, it was mostly the Piran show as he had three touchdowns in Pittsburgh but um it's going to be a, a slow game for the Bengals and for the um Titans I like the Titans give me the points maybe the under too but I like the Titans it's crazy that you say the under I'm my favorite play in this game is definitely the over Two, two more underwhelming defenses. We've been talking about a lot of great defenses lately on this podcast and this season. But I think with two better... I think Ryan Tannehill's healthy. He's a good quarterback. Um, I think him and him Barr will be putting points on the board this week. Um, we're looking at both teams to put up at least three touchdowns. It's gonna, Ryan, it's gonna, would you take Ryan Tannehill or Geno Smith? Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I think he's pretty good. He he fits great for that offense too. Great off of that play action pass. Um, has a strong arm and he's a good game manager. Veteran, been around. He can do a little bit with his legs, but he doesn't do he doesn't do too much. Is the biggest thing about him. Um, he really plays within the game script. But that being said, I've been high on both these teams. Hit on two two unit plays last week. Hit the Bengals two unit spread against the Steelers, and I hit the. Uh, Titans with an alternate spread against the Packers. I kind of knew they were going to smoke them. Wish I took an even more alternate spread, but still got them at plus 172, which was nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know who comes out on top. Is Jamar Chase playing? I don't think so, right? Probably without Chase and Mixon. Yeah. I, I mm, It's a tough call, though, because Joe Burrow should be winning. It'll be a tight game. That's why I like the over, but Joe Burrow should have a chance to win the game at the end, and I think he can get it done. Yours does, even without his boys, it'll make whoever it is work. Um, lean Bengals, but my favorite play here is the over. I think this will be a good game. Definitely a fun one to watch. Mackie, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, um, with Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase being out, I mean, obviously Jamar Chase has been out, but Joe Mixon is a huge part of that offense as well. Um, I think Joe Burrow is going to struggle a little more. Uh, I do kind of like the over. I think uh, both teams can figure it out especially towards the end of the game more scoring towards the end of the game you could see a a few uh touchdowns in the last 10 minutes of this game i think but i uh i like the titans i really think titans get it done the three and one or they're uh the three and one on the on the at home this year and um i just think that they've been doing enough to get to get it done i mean they surprised me last week in in um in Green Bay, they they won by two touchdowns. I think I didn't think that I thought the Packers were going to win that game outright, but uh, obviously I was on the wrong side of that one. I've just been wrong about this team a few times this year, and I and I think uh, it's time to finally jump on their um their wagon. They're seven and three. They're winning football games. They're on home field right now, so I I, uh, I like them to win this game outright. Good stuff there, boys. Game in Tennessee, two and a half point spread. We'll see how it happens. One o'clock Sunday. Next one up is the Houston Texans at the Miami Dolphins. A huge spread here, minus 13 in the Dolphins' favor. Money line at minus 800 and the over-under at 46.5. The trends I got here is that Miami is 10-1 straight up in their last 11 games at home, as well as 4-1 straight up in their last 5. Houston is 8-2 straight up in their last 10 games against Miami. Pretty interesting one there. What do we think, Huff? I mean, I always say that anytime you see a big spread, I'm usually leaning on giving the points. Um, I feel like I'd like to see a stat, maybe double-digit dogs in the NFL this year. I feel like they're definitely hitting it more than 60-65%. Texans, bad week last week at home against a commander's team that's obviously have their things going for them right now. Um, But this Dolphins team is very scary to bet against. Minus 13 points is a big spread. Dolphins have been shown that they can put up the points in quick too, is I've uh, had the against them in a couple of games this year and gotten burned on that, but uh, this Dolphins team is very scary. Minus 13 points, this is one I'm probably going to be staying away from because uh, I do not love the Texans team enough to take them plus 13. Um, I think that's no, obviously I think they could cover it. If I had to lean a spread, I would definitely lean on the Texans, um, but I'd, I think you might want to look at more some props or maybe a da- uh, Miami Dolphins team total over. I'm sure it's sitting pretty high as the Texans' defense has struggled most of the season, but um, it's just that once the Dolphins get rolling, I think that 13 points could get out of hand really quick. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I definitely see where you're coming from in that situation. Um, I just think this could definitely be a slower game. I really, I really like the under here. I think 13 points is a little ridiculous for a uh, Miami Dolphins to have a spread like that. But um, obviously they've been putting up points like crazy. But I just don't think they're that that good yet to uh, give them a 13 point spread. I don't care, really care who they're playing. But um, I just think I like the under here. I think it's more slow game. We've seen spreads of over 10 points. We see how slow they've been all season. Um, the under on those games are just at, hitting at a ridiculous rate, and I think it continues here. I think uh, the Texans keep the game slow a little at least. Um, Two is going to do his thing. Jalen Waddle, Terry Killer are going to get their targets, and they're going to put up their points. But um, hopefully, and I think that the Texans will be able to uh, at least limit it a little, keep it keep it towards the end of the game, at least uh, make it respectable in, in the first half, maybe uh, fall apart towards the end. But I think it's definitely more of a low-scoring game. I like. I might look into a prop at um. The Texans team total under as well. Um, I don't really think they get much going. They haven't gotten much going. Damian Pierce hasn't done anything in three weeks. Uh, Davis Mills hitting that sophomore slump worse than ever right now. So um, they don't really have much going for them right now. So I like that. Uh, I might look into that team total under. I don't know, I don't know what's sitting at right now. It's probably sitting around like 19, 18 points. So. Definitely less than that. Um, something to look into. Yep. You think so? Yep. They don't score much. They could be 13 and a half. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe like, well, if you think about it, what's uh, fourteen plus twenty seven is like forty, forty two points, forty one points. So it makes sense. Dolphins team total is probably twenty nine and a half. And that's what that's my that that brings me into my play. I know you said that this is gonna be a low scoring game. I do think it is a low scoring game from the Texans sidelines. Thirteen points. Maybe I even take them at the spread at that point, but I'll probably tease them or something like that. But my favorite play is the Dolphins team total over. I think the Dolphins will light them up through the air. I know we alluded to Stingley earlier, but teams have really lit up this defense for a lot of touchdowns, and it's pretty easy for them to walk the field. With Mike, uh, Mc, was it Mike McDaniel's de- offense? as his name, the coach down there in Miami, first-year head coach. Uh, he, he he finds the he calls the right plays at the right time, so they'll get they'll get theirs. And with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, I think he's out. I don't know though. Um, so many playmakers on that side of the ball. I think the Dolphins will put up their fair share of points and uh, definitely get the win. Don't know about how much, but I like the Dolphins team total over in this game a lot. Definitely happy that two and the boys are off the bye so we can bet on them again. Tyree kills the man. 13 points is a lot. We'll see what happens there. Last 1 o'clock game we got is the Chicago Bears at the New York Je- New York Jets. The Jets are the favorite here at minus four and a half. Their money line sitting at minus one ninety six, and the over under sitting at thirty nine and a half. Another tough game to watch last week. Thirteen points scored between Jets and Pats. Will the Jets get more points here? They're spread four and a half. The trend I got is Chicago's five and zero against the spread in their last five games against the Jets. What do we think here? Ace, you want to get us going? Definitely. Um, yeah, we, we really came after the Jets after their poor performance against the Patriots. But Huff and I were saying earlier on the pod, I think this is one of the top 10 defenses in the NFL. So if there was ever a get-right game for the Jets, especially at home, MetLife, terrible stadium. I don't even know if they really like playing there. But if there was ever a good time to get right, it is at home. And it's against the Chicago Bears. Um, Justin Fields has been playing out of his mind lately, looking like the best quarterback in his draft class. But the Jets really match up well with this uh, running-style quarterback out of Chicago. And if Zach Wilson or whoever they want to put back there, maybe it's Mike White, but 
Salah's been true to Zach Wilson. Um, wants to get something going on the offense after being disappointed last week and really own one to their team, then they'll get it going against the Chicago Bears defense. Um, I like the Jets to win this game. Those points, four and a half, are a lot to me. Um, maybe I take them in a teaser, get them plus three, somewhere around there. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough game, but I think the Jets win outright. Um, Bears are a tricky team that like to hang around. Justin Fields, like I said, playing good football, but I just think that Jets defense is too much for him to run around all day on. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of on the opposite side of this here. Um, surprising because you're all on Justin Fields and I'm not, but I think this is a good situation for him to run around because uh, you know it's Jets Jets defense is all right, but it's 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 good at like lockdown defense and just playing their position. The second you bring in a running quarterback and he's scrambling all over the place and all their backs are turned to the receivers, I mean, he's twenty he's twenty yards downfield already. I think this is a really good situation for the for the Bears to be in. Obviously. Jets had nothing going on offense last last week. I mean, obviously, Patriots have a very good defense, but, you know, Zach Wilson was missing, like, checkdowns, wide-open checkdowns, so um, no excuse for that. Jets also, Robert Celeste said he doesn't have a starter for that game yet, so it's a lot up in the air for that team right now. They have a lot of uh, complications going on right now. They, obviously, you're not confident in Zach Wilson at all, and um, team is 6-3, and three, so, you know, you got to find, find out a QB situation there. Um Season's going to end pretty soon, but uh, I like the Bears here. I think this is a situation where you can expose the Jets. And I know the Jets are better than a lot of people think, but I still don't think they're as good as a six and three team should be. And uh, I think the Bears are actually better than a three three four win. They're, they're six they and four. They're six and four. Jets. Okay. Um, six and four. Whatever. Same thing. Kinda. But um, yeah, I, I think they can definitely. Uh, their 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 confidence is definitely at a bottom at a at a, at a low right now. We put up three points last week. Obviously, it's a tough divisional loss. Uh, offense has nothing going for them. Could be a low-scoring game. I think um, their team is really going to figure anything out. We can see if Joe Flacco comes in, maybe the Jets get something going. But I really think the Browns, uh, or not the Browns, the Bears will win this game outright. And Jets will be struggling against it at 6-5, not really uh, knowing what happened to their to their good season. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you guys. I, I with Mackie. I like the Bears here. Um, I think in this spot, I think this is a really good spot for Justin Fields. This is one of my favorite games of the week. I really like the Bears. I think they come out on top, barely win the game. I don't like anything that's going on with the Jets right now. Obviously, last week they play a tough game with the Patriots, a divisional game that could be an overreaction. I don't think the Jets are that bad. I still think the record shows the team that they are. They have a good defense. Um, but I just like what's going on with the Bears right now. I like Justin Fields. We've been kind of on and off with him. Ace, you're really high on him. Mackie, you guys have gone back and forth on that. I've kind of backed my – kind of stood in the corner and just kind of supported from the side the whole time. Uh, Justin Fields, he's been doing his thing, obviously. Not a guy you really want to bet against right now. Last week, I really liked the Falcons minus 2.5. I ended up not taking it. Uh, he That would have hit Jesse. You ended up taking it. Mackie, I don't know if you ended up riding your boys, but – uh, he put up the points last week against Atlanta. Obviously, their defense couldn't hold on for them. Uh, going up against a worse offense, in my opinion, in the Jets, I like the I like the Bears here with four points. Yeah, I'd I'd like the Bears a lot more if they were at in Soldier Soldier Field this week. But I don't know. That's not the best team. Both sides of the ball, coaching is not that great. They don't have many playmakers. I think Sal is a defensive minded coach who who knows what to do. I like your pick of the Bears with the points. I don't think I like them outright to win the game, though. What's your play there, Hoff? Are you looking more money line or plus four and a half? No, I'd take I I'd take the points. Take the points. Yeah, in this game, I think four and a half is a good safe bet for either side. 
But, uh, yeah, I think Salah has his way. And it's maybe a low-scoring under game, but I, I I think the Jets' defense will be up to the Justin Fields' running task. Should be a good, It should be a better game than uh, most people expect, or most people thought would be a good game coming into the season. I mean, look at Bears-Jets Bears at the beginning of the season, you're like, oh, it's a dud game, but this should be actually, actually be a pretty good game, I think. Justin Fields is... Justin Fields is must-watch football right now. You're, you're right. right. You're not wrong. As a running back, though. Mini Lamar. Good stuff. That's going to wrap up our 1 o'clock slate. Let's jump into the 4 o'clock games. The first one up is the Las Vegas Raiders at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks the favorite here at minus 3.5. Money line sitting at minus 194 and the over under sitting at 47.5. The only trend I got for this one is that Seattle's 5 0 in its last five games when playing at home against the Raiders. What do we think here? Huff, you want to get us rolling on the fir- on this first four o'clock matchup? Uh, question to start it off. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I got a question to start it off. How do you feel about the Raiders after a nice uh, divisional Good. win last week? Three and seven now. I hit Me? that for two units, by the way. No, you didn't. You hit it for one. Did yeah, it, it, was, one? it was plus, oh, it was were, plus 125. All right, all right. I thought I had them as two units, too, but it was the Bengals. I swept that yeah, slate, yeah. though. That's fine. That was a nice slate for you. But, yeah, how, how do you feel about them? <laughs> but, I don't know. That See, like, I was. that's kind of going to get into my point, and I'll say this. This Seattle team has been very good coming off a bye this week. I'd like them at home against a struggling Raiders team, and I say struggling because that's a very emotional win last week, a divisional matchup in overtime, a comeback win. Obviously, I mean, I've I've been a Broncos fan since Russ got there this season, so it's not like, I mean, this style of play is very boring to watch, so there wasn't much of a surprise to me that they ended up blowing that game. I was not watching the game, but it didn't surprise me one bit whenever I saw the final score when it went in overtime. Uh, I just think that was a very emotional win for the Raiders to come back and win that game. And I think they come out this week in Seattle, a very tough place to play. Coming off a bye, I think Kenneth Walker has a huge game. Geno Smith, maybe a tut or two to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I like the Seahawks here. I also really kind of like the over. Uh, 47 and a half, maybe uh, Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams is able to find the end zone. I know the Raiders have kind of been able to score in the first half of games. I know last week was kind of flip-flop of what they're normally been doing, putting up points in the first half and then kind of falling off. Um, but I like the Seahawks. I'll take the points, too. I like a minus three, minus three and a half. Um, I prefer minus three, but I'll take the minus three and a half. I think they get the job done on their home field. I really like the Seahawks here. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on the same side as you. I mean, um, maybe if the, if the Seahawks weren't coming off a bye, it'd be a little bit of a different story. But uh this team getting a chance to regroup themselves. Home off a of yeah, bye. I mean, this team getting a chance to regroup themselves, being able to play at home. Seattle's already a tough place to play in. Coming off a team that, uh, you know, is at one of their high points of the season so far. You know, it's a nice divisional win. Devontae Adams had a good game. You had a good, good, you had a good game from your star players. It's what you've been wanting since the beginning of the season if you're uh, Las Vegas. But, uh, you know, it's still a three-win team. And with all the star power that they have, it's just brutal all around it. And Derek Carr is not really playing the best football. Geno Smith is playing his best football I think we've ever seen. So um, Seahawks being able to game plan for this, Pete Carroll's too good of a coach to uh, lose a lose to a bad team like this after a, after a bye week, having two weeks to plan for him. So I really like Seahawks with the points. I think they uh, 
can really blow him out in this situation. Yeah, I'm actually on the complete opposite side of you guys here. I'm going to go with the Raiders money line. Might even see that on my card. Um, I'm sticking true to two things I've been following all year. I've been high on the Raiders all year. They've been hammering the last few weeks, really, and they've been paying me out, which has been nice. But, um, yeah, the Seahawks, too. The last time we saw them, I think they lost to the Bucks in Germany. Now they're coming off a bye, and I think we all kind of agreed that this is the time we start. That that game in Germany was the beginning of the demise of the Seattle Seahawks. And I think that they're going to keep losing and falling back a little bit, maybe even miss the playoffs because they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. I like the Raiders just with their pure strength of roster to come in and beat this team, riding off of a win last week. I think the bye actually cooled off a once hot Seattle Seahawks team. I know your theory. I love teams at home coming off of a bye. But with a team that's really living off of hype and momentum, maybe the bye isn't the best thing for them. Um, I think their best ha- best their best part of the season, their best football of the season was played in the first half. And I think that that comes down. Um, I know you guys really high on the Seahawks, but maybe we can see this differing picks on the card here. Uh, I might be taking the Raiders plus again. See if that can carry me in the four o'clock slate. Well, like you said, I mean, the Seahawks. I mean, I think I don't think that buy was necessarily a bad thing for them. But that was a tough game for them in Germany. A lot of players were bitching about the field conditions over there. Um, I saw a lot of the. I mean, obviously the losing teams are always going to find something to bitch about. But we saw Bruce Irvin tweeting and stuff about the field conditions. We they make us fly all this way for. Uh, you know what I mean? Like just a lot of the players. I mean, anytime you're on the losing side, you don't like it. And then we hear the Bucks obviously acting like it's the best fucking game in the world in the Super Bowl. And I mean, I'm defending the Seahawks like they're my hometown team, but I just think the bye was really good for that team. The recap that was a good Bucks team. They didn't get smoked in that game. Obviously, we all had the Bucks there, but I think the Seahawks team. This is a good spot for them to bounce back coming off a bye. Like I said, home off a bye. That's usually my thing, and I know you said that, but um, just Raiders team just doesn't have too much going for them. Like I said, if I could get three, I'd get three, but. I just think this is a good spot for Pete Carroll to outcoach Josh McDaniel. Yeah, one of my other favorite plays, Jesse, can you tell me the uh, over-under on this game this week? 47.5. I love that, actually. In the way that these these Seahawks have been pesky and sticking around, and these two defenses aren't don't really have much high-flying defensive power, I love over 47.5, actually. What do you guys think about that play? I know that we had different picks on the game line, but 47.5. I said I like the over. Yeah, I, I love the over, actually, now that I think about it. The, the Seahawks score a ton of points. Kenneth Walker is one of the best running backs in the league. Have to think he gets in the end. Yeah, but I don't I know st- if you think that they're slowing I down still like right the now. To win. Yeah, no, I know. But e- even even in their losses, they put up points. I just don't believe in that defense, I mean, really at all. And I think that the Raiders can put up points at will with the playmakers they have. That's just me, though. I like the Raiders this week. Let it let it be known. Raiders and I do like the over too, but that was just uh, testing you there, you know, keeping you on your edge. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. You said it, Ace. Lots of differing opinions for this Raiders-Seahawks game. We'll see what happens. Next 4 o'clock matchup is the Los Angeles Chargers at the Arizona Cardinals. Chargers the favorite, Chargers the favorite here at minus 4. The money line sitting at minus 210 and the over-under sitting at 47.5. Both these teams coming off a loss last week, but I got the Chargers are 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games on the road. What do we think here? Mackie, why don't you get us going here? Chargers and Cardinals. Chargers look good last week. That's all I really have to say about them right now. Um, I know what I said about them 
a week a week ago and how they're not really a good team. I still kind of really stand by that. It's a divisional matchup last week. They had a good game. Obviously, they knew it was coming. Everyone knew it was coming. Um, still find a way to choke at the end of the day. I don't know if that's more if that if that says more about. I Patty was just gonna say that I was gonna. I knew you were getting to that. I don't know if that says more about Patty Mahomes or the Chargers in general, but or it's a mix of both. But uh, that's game management. Yeah, it's just brutal. I mean, the Chargers are so so good at losing games. Pat Mahomes so good at winning games. It, it was just everyone knew they were gonna score a touchdown in that drive. I'll just I love those Patrick case. Mahomes. I love those Patrick Mahomes memes of. Patch everybody or like him on the sidelines when someone scores with like a yeah. I mean, it's just like it's it's clockwork at this point. So, um, with that being said, this is a not this is just a four o'clock game, and um, I think that changes a lot for this Chargers team. I don't really think that they. I mean, they they got Mike Williams back. They got Keenan Allen Allen back. So I guess they're a little less injured. Mike Williams hurt his ankle again Did last he? week. Okay, mm-hmm. well, um, that he's just a. I don't think they have anyone else back. Josh Palmer's a dog. He had two touchdowns, eight for one something. He's a dog. Yeah, so I mean, I guess they're 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 doing a little better at the receiver position. They got Keenan Allen back. Obviously, that's a huge that's a huge um add to that team. But uh, I just don't think they're they're still there yet. I don't I don't know. They're sitting at a four and a half spread against this Arizona team. Kyler's back. You don't really know how he's gonna be. But um, I don't know. I like the over in this game. I don't I don't think uh I think both teams will still be able to put up points. I think. Justin Herbert having more to work with, and um, I think he's looking a little better. Obviously, from like six weeks ago, his ribs were really bad. He was barely even able to throw the ball. I think he's looking a little better. He's got his receivers back, and he's got a little more options. Austin Eckler, obviously, out of the backfield. So um, I like this game to go over. I think uh, D-Hop and Kyler Murray will be, will be able to get, in, get do enough to uh, hold their own to get, the, get this game to go over. I don't really want to pick a – Winner on this side, I think a four and a half point spread on the road in this game is a little sketchy. I think it can go either way, but um, yeah, I'm definitely leaning the over in these with these two teams, these two offenses. I agree with you. I definitely like the over here, especially with Kyler Murray back. But I'm actually going to be looking at taking the Cardinals money line or maybe with an alternate spread at home, uh, get some good value. I love the home team, especially if Kyler's back. I know the Chargers have been a good football team. I, they, they hang around. They have a decent record. But I think that Kyler Murray on his home turf will get the win this week, uh, get the get the Cardinals back on the right track. Definitely love the over there and D-hop props. Um, I've been hammering those all year. I think you guys know that. A little biased with me as I'm a Kyler guy myself. But uh, I, I, like the, I like the Cardinals at home to win this week. Good line, too. Great line for a home team. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to go with the Cardinals plus four. I like them at home. I'm going to give them the points. Uh, This Chargers team has just been covering spreads over the past. I mean, this is just a team that just covers spreads but can't win games. They find a way to lose games, but they always are covering spreads. Uh, Last week, backdoor, I mean, the Chiefs obviously won that game. The Chargers should have won that, but they blew it. But um, they've just been two weeks ago, the Niners, they lied them seven and a half last week plus six. I mean, the Chargers are covering spreads this week. A road favorite as a four and a half point or a four four and a half point favorite. I like the Cardinals at home. Kyler Murray coming off a two two game absence, correct? He hasn't played the past two. Yeah, two or three. Two Rams okay. and then uh... yeah, I think I think he's probably like third prestige on the new Call of Duty, so he's probably getting ready to come back and play some NFL football. He has. Uh, he's probably getting a little. He sleep. has been ripping cod. He doesn't. I think he's got enough. He, he's had enough of cod. Maybe he can. Uh... Pay attention to some football for the last few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I think, I think it's time that I think maybe he got bored from playing so much Call of Duty. I think he might be watching some film on the Chargers this week, uh, that injured defense. So 
Uh, I like the Cardinals plus four. I think it's going to be a good matchup there, Cardinals and Chargers. The next one up, another 4 o'clock game, the Los Angeles Rams at the Kansas City Chiefs. The biggest spread of the week coming in, the Chiefs as the favorite, 14.5 points. Their money line, minus 1,100 in the over-under at a solid 44. The trends I got here are that the Rams are 6-3 and three straight up in their last nine games on the road. Kansas City is 6-1 and one straight up in their last seven, as well as 12-2 and two in their last 14 at home. 14.5 points is a ton. What do we think here? Huff? Uh, that's uh, It's tough. I, I obviously said the same thing about the Texans. I'd lean Texans. This one, I can't. I mean, this is also a spot where I, I said the emotional game for the Raiders last week. The, t- the Chiefs, I just said it against the Chargers. They had a very comeback win. I know they're home again, or they weren't home against the Chargers. Now they're coming home against a very bad team against the Rams, a very injured team. They're going to be without Cooper Cup. They just cut Darrell Henderson. Uh, This team is just kind of parting ways with basically everyone except Matt Stafford and Aaron Donald. Um, This team is just not getting the job done. Sean McVay making some questionable coaching calls, uh, questionable play calling all around offense and defense. I know this team uh, was supposed to be, you know, let's run this back, they were saying at the parade. Uh, after they won the Super Bowl last year. This team is garbage. Uh, I'd definitely lean on the Chiefs minus 14 here. I think this game could be out of hand quick. Um, this could be similar to that uh, Bengals-Panthers uh, game when it was like 35 nothing in the first half. Uh, and that's just I, – I, the only thing that I'm not like jumping, like hammer this, put your life on it, whatever, I mean, it's the Chiefs for some reason. This is the kind of game they love to let the team stick around. And I don't know why, but, I mean, obviously I'm never going to put a 14.5-point spread on my card, so you won't see this one on me, but um, I'd lean Chiefs. It, I mean, it's just a 14.5-point spread, and at the end of the day, they're, they're all professional athletes. I just don't – I can never trust a 14.5-point spread, um, especially because Pat Mahomes is just known for letting teams stick around in games like this when he has so much um, – when he knows he can, he can just come back at any point. So, I mean, obviously I like the um, – I like the Chiefs to to get it done here. I think they definitely find a way to to win this football game, but um, I don't know. Fourteen and a half points is just too much for me. It's too much for me to take on a spread, and uh, I don't know. It's a stupid line. Probably gonna stay away from this game. Let's see over under setting that. Yeah, you won't see this one. Forty four. Uh, I kind of like the over. Chiefs are yeah, known for too. giving up points in games like these. For no reason. Yeah, definitely. Not much to say about this. I could see like thirty. I literally could see thirty-five, ten, but that they the, they would both hit there. So yeah. I mean, who's playing? Matt Stafford's back, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. They'll get a garbage time. Yeah, they'll get something going at least. For like, sure. Kansas City doesn't really have very elite defense, so. Good stuff there, boys. Let's jump over to this next matchup, the New Orleans Saints at the San Francisco 49ers, our last 4 o'clock game. The 49ers are the favorite here at minus 9.5. The money line sitting at minus 450 and the over-under sitting at 43.5. Both these teams coming off of wins last week, but I got San Francisco 7-1 straight up in their last 8 games at home. Ace, you want to start us off with this matchup? Yeah, I mean, 
the Saints are a tough team, really. With Andy Dalton at quarterback, you can't really trust them too much. Nine points seems like a lot, but in San Francisco, we just saw the way that they handled um, the Cardinals on Sunday night football or Monday night football. I know it wasn't Kyler Murray, but it was a Colt McCoy. I'd compare him pretty similar quarterback to Andy <laughs> Dalton. So I would say that I would say that they have a uh, they they have a good chance of repeating their successes of last week. We're going to see Christian McCaffrey get fed. And it looks like George Kittle and Debo are really getting a little resurgence here, which is huge considering how good they are. Like, those are two of the best players at their given position. You have Christian McCaffrey in the mix, and Jimmy Garoppolo is playing pretty good football. And really, when it comes down to it, I lean on the trenches. I've been saying that before. I know Hoff agrees with me, offensive and defensive. And they own both sides of the ball with a great coach at home. Um, maybe I add this to a teaser with the Chiefs, get seven points from the Chiefs, and get the uh, Niners down to two. Might have to go back to a few teasers this week because there's a lot of teams I like with high points, but maybe I even take them at nine points here. Um, I don't I don't really see how the Saints are going to put points on the board, and I know that the 49ers can manufacture it however they want with Shanahan. So what do you guys think about this one? Yeah, um, I'm coming off of uh, – I took the under on that, on that Monday night game the other night with the uh, the Niners. And like you just said, I don't know how the Saints are going to get points, but I didn't really know how the Cardinals are going to get points either. And James Conner ended up finding the back of the end zone. They had 10 points at half. So, I mean, bad teams always find ways to score points. It's the NFL is just how it is. But – I do really like the Niners. Any given Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I do really like the Niners to cover uh, nine points here. I think this team is top three team in the league now with Christian McCaffrey, and that defense is just stellar. Um, you got Jimmy Garoppolo playing at an elite level, obviously, with all the weapons he has with Brendan Ayuk, uh, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. You're just including all these players. You know, there's too many mouths to feed to, to a guard, and obviously the Saints have a pretty good defense, but you can't guard all that. You just You just can't especially with that run game being what it is with Christian McCaffrey. So I really like them to run up the score here. I, I like them to uh to cover nine points here. Um, And this team is just they're, – they're something special. I really like this team. And this is the one team that I'd really be scared of coming out of the NFC Um, as a Cowboys fan. It's the one team I don't want to see. It's the team that beat us last year, and they've only gotten better. So um, I like the Niners to cover nine points here in a non-primetime game. I really think Kyle Shanahan's due for his ring at some point. Maybe he, him getting McCaffrey really does it. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I like the 49ers in this spot. I think the Saints, um, not too much coming out of them. I mean, obviously their team is what it is. Uh, like you guys said, with Andy Dalton there, Alave, they still have some weapons for him to utilize. But uh, I like the Niners on their home field. Kyle Shanahan, one of the best head coaches in the NFL, in my opinion. So. Um, I like the 49ers minus nine and a half. This might this might be another one I look first half full game. What's next? Sunday night? Sunday night football? Yes, sir. Good stuff out of our last four o'clock game. Moving into Sunday night football, the primetime game featuring the Green Bay Packers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are the favorite here at minus seven. Their money line sitting at minus 295 and the over-under sitting at 46.5. The only trend I got here is that Philadelphia is 9-1 straight up in their last 10. Like usual, the question is, do they cover the 7 points? It is at an even 7 here on FanDuel. Huff, you want to get us rolling? Yeah, I'll get us rolling here. Um, This Eagles team is starting to just remind me so much of the Steelers team of two years ago that started out undefeated. I've said it once, I'll say it again. Uh, and they're just going to keep getting really big spreads and not cover them, just like that Steelers team did. Their record got them all their spreads. 
This team is a good team. Primetime Sunday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers is going to come in and spoil the party. I'll take the Packers plus seven and the under. Well, wow, that's crazy. I'm actually, I actually think that this is a this is a great line for the uh, Eagles here this week. I think the Packers are not a good team. They're pretty banged up. Yeah, they get Christian Watson, who's been a nice playmaker addition, but now they have to leave the confines of Lambeau Field and try and win a football game against one of the best defenses in the NFL. And they have to cover all of these playmakers without Rashawn Gary. How are they going to stop Jalen Hurts as a read option? Miles Sanders having his resurgence year. EJ Brown's a stud. And they have a bunch of other targets. I'd like to see Goddard back in the fold. That would help a lot for a Sunday night tilt. But you know that they're going to be uh, ready to roll down in Philly, especially at home on Sunday night football. See some of those dog masks in the crowd, that defense with all those big signings. And you see they got Linvale Joseph. And then who's the other guy they got up short at the line? Uh, Nadamigan Sue. So I know they struggled the last two weeks, but going back home in the prime time against a weak team, That'll get them right. And seven points is actually isn't too much. I, I like that number a lot. I might be taking that. Worst case, we'll get a push there. Mackie, who do you agree with? Me or Huff here? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know because this Eagles team goes back and forth. But I do lean Huff's logic here. And I think uh, I think he's more right about this team than, than uh, most people are because, I mean, they squeaked that one by by the, by the skin of their teeth last week. Matt Ryan just losing football games like, he, like he's good at. So, um, you know, they got a one-point win last week against the Colts. This week went by. But they have not been looking like that team that started 8-0. You know? They let Washington uh, Washington defense tore apart Jalen Hurts. He didn't do anything in the second half. Washington, wa- Hey, Washington killed the Steelers, and they killed the Eagles. Yeah, but that's a divisional game, and they're, they're winning game. The, the Commanders would beat Aaron Rodgers, too. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron, they did. Yeah, they Aaron Rodgers is also 1-4 on the road this year, so. Again, it's a scary spread. It's obviously prime time, so you gotta look. You gotta um, take that in the favor. Obviously, uh, that leans more Packers there. You got obviously gonna take seven points there. But um, yeah, I don't really have a play on on the spread. I guess if anything, I'll lean Packers plus seven. Probably not gonna have a play here. If anything, I'll look at a, a prop or two. But yeah, it's a sketchy spread. I don't really like it. But I think Vegas uh Vegas is spot on with this one. I am excited to watch the Sunday night football game. My only thing is the Packers defense is so sketch. Yeah, yeah literally, without Rashawn Gary, how are they supposed to stop that two-headed snake they, with the read option? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have all the confidence in the world right now. It's so. just, it's it's Sunday night football. I th- they'll figure it out. Sunday primetime game, Packers and Eagles. Going to be an interesting one. I think you guys said it right. Vegas has this spread right on the nose. Let's move over to our Monday primetime game, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are the favorite in this matchup at 2.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 144 in the over-under sitting at 39.5. Both teams coming off a loss last week, Pittsburgh to Cincinnati and Indianapolis to Philadelphia. But the trend I got here is that Pittsburgh is 5-0 and straight up in its last five games against the Colts. Two and a half points here as the spread. Huff, what do you think the Steelers are going to do this week? Yeah, um, this is a very interesting game. Obviously, the Steelers are the Steelers this year. Um, just kind of very below average team with most of the, I mean, a pretty average to elite defense still that's going to get the job done. Last week didn't look so well, but. Uh, they still have the guys on the defensive side of the ball to get the job done. This Colts team is a very interesting team for me right now as well with Jeff Saturday. 
Uh, I feel like interim coaches are a team or teams that you don't necessarily want to bet against because you have no idea what the fuck they're gonna do. Um, and they've been showing Jeff Saturday like running around doing warmups, like he's literally about to be snapping the ball sixty-five times on Sunday. <laughs> he's running around with AirPods in, like he's like literally like he's gonna be playing, not even coaching. Oh my so God, I don't know. I'm scared. Saturday. I'm scared. I'm scared to bet against his Colts team. Um, but we all know who I'm going to be leaning on. I think Steelers primetime. The Steelers get the job done in primetime. They just always do. I had them plus seven and a half against the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. Covered that. Lost by six. I think Pickett, TJ Watt, Minka, they get the job done. The defense is looking better, obviously, last week. Uh, I think P. Ryan coming into the game, obviously, that fucked everything up. And you game plan for a guy like Mixon that's going to get 30 snaps or, th- or 20 carries, you know what I mean, 30 attempts, whatever, for a game. Uh, and a guy like fucking Samaj P. Ryan comes in and just tears you up. I mean, obviously you should be able to game plan for that and adjust to that. But um, I don't know. I know you guys are probably leaning the opposite side. And like I said, good reason. I like the I like Jeff Saturday and what he's doing with the Colts. But Matt Ryan is just a bad fucking quarterback. I like the under. I'll probably Monday Night Football probably looking at my first half too. So, um, But I like the Steelers. I'll try to find that half point and give them plus three. Mackie, how are you feeling? No, yeah, I'm kind of on the same side as you here. Uh, my one thing is that. When the Steelers play bad teams with TJ Watt in the lineup, they usually they usually win. And uh, obviously last week they uh, they got exposed to a pretty a, a Bengals team that's a lot better than them. But um, in a situation like this, I think after the after the Colts the Colts see the division getting away from them, and um, after they see the Titans win this week, they're gonna sit sitting at eight and three while the Colts are sitting at five six and one or whatever they are. I think they're gonna really uh, start to their, their chances are just dwindling uh, game by game and. This is a game where Matt Ryan's just not going to be able to figure it out. They're going to have a lot of uh, going to be it's going to be a really stressful game for him. I think TJ Watt's going to really um, bother him this game and just uh, be 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 down his throat the entire game. He's going to make him make decisions he doesn't want to make, or he's just going to eat the sack like he usually does. So I really like the Steelers to uh, to win outright in this game, and I think this is a game where uh, TJ Watt is a huge difference maker. And um, having him back is what do we wins games like this? Yeah, I think I think that TJ Watt is definitely going to be a difference maker and get his on Monday night. But I really do like the Colts here minus two and a half. I'd even take a minus three when the line shifts. Um, I think the resurgence of Jonathan Taylor, the strength of that defense, the offensive line playing at home. I just think they're a better team. This game means a lot more. It kind of keeps them in the hunt if they can pull this one out. Um, I'm probably leaning on that. Maybe Jonathan Taylor to get in the end zone. Um, I think George Pickens has a pretty good day. But yeah, TJ Watt will definitely eat. Um, I don't. I don't expect too many points from either side on the scoreboard here. But I do like the Colts with the points at home, veteran team in the prime time here. But I think the Steelers are trending up. I've I've bet against them a lot this year, but they're playing better football as of late. Last week they fell the fuck apart in the second half. Well, Joe Burrow. Bengals, yeah, Joe Burrow Bengals, Bengals are just a much better team. Yeah. That's why I went with a two-year yeah. play there. Yeah. Nice play. Nice play. I really like that. That was a really nice hit. I think you uh, hit that hit that one on the head right there. It's nice to see you benefit from it. Two units. It's nice. Yeah, the Bengals are uh, they're a good team. They're starting to turn that season around after a torrid start. And like you said, Steelers took them, beat them in the beginning of the season. I don't, and Joe Burrow is like that. So like, he's not going to like you do that twice in one season. I think so, too. Joe Burrow is one of the top quarterbacks. We'll be here for a long time. But, yeah, the Steelers team going to be pesky, making this a hard hard game to bet on, especially Mike Tomlin. But I think the Colts being at home, if this was in if this was in Heinz Field, I'm not calling it whatever it's called now, 
But if this was in Heinz Field, I I would take the Steelers, and it might be an even pick them. But in in Lucas Oil Stadium, give give me the Colts. Yeah, Ace, I know what you mean though. If this game's at home, it's a lot easier to take the Steelers. Obviously, that crowd in prime time, obviously in Pittsburgh. But uh, this I wanted to go to this Colts game. Me and Jesse were actually trying to make this our away game of the year, but uh, couldn't end up swinging it with it being the holiday weekend. But um, yeah, Steelers. I I always say I like the Steelers in prime time. Tomlin usually gets the job done when the lights are the brightest. So um, love to see. That's gonna do it though. What is this week twelve already? Damn, week twelve. Yeah, so that's going to do it, I think. That's basically all the games for Week 12. We went through some NBA, some NHL. Um, definitely stay tuned to the social media, all the college football, college basketball, NBA, NHL, NFL. We're definitely rolling in five sports right now as the uh, MLB came to an end a couple weeks ago. But, um, yeah, and if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening. Uh, leave, a com- leave a comment wherever you're listening to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That's something that's going to help us grow. It will make a huge deal for us. Um, so make sure you're doing that. Tell someone to do it. Really, we something we really appreciate. So, um, but yeah, other than that, thanks for listening. That's gonna do it for me, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. I don't know what else you guys got to say, but um, yeah, that's gonna do it for me. Yeah, definitely, definitely excited for this week of football. A lot of great matchups. Uh, like I said last week, things have heating up, and our whole team, even though not everybody was positive last week, we we're just around it with 500 records at at worst. So we're really starting to pick it up in all sports. Follow the socials, like Huff said, for every, all your needs. But uh, big second half of the season coming from the boys. That's it for me. Go Pats. Go Bruins. Go Celtics. Boston's buzzing right now. Mackie, you got it? Yeah, you guys covered it right now. Um, just releasing plays every day. Stick with it. Good stuff, boys. Thanks for coming out. See you next week. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.